wealth, fame, power. Our hosts have none of that, but the creator of this manga and anime certainly does. And four Americans decided to check it out. Join us as Rosenthorn. Listen here, my boy. I'm gonna need a map, a picture of Gold Roger, and that guy's leg. Becky Hopkins. Can I get a waffle? Can I please get a waffle? The hero of tomorrow. Everybody pack it in. Mihawk just did the best. That's not a knife of all time. And the media hunter. Possible. No one can just deflect the onigiri. Make their way through the One Piece anime. This is Tracing the Grand Line. How we doing? Feeling fine. Anything mm -hmm. to note uh, before we dive in? Aside from uh, the stuff I'm going to get into in the episode, no. <laughs> yeah, not really. Yep, same here. I may have fucked up. I didn't get a fun fact for this week. Uh, hmm. Isaac, do you have one? There's a minor character. Who's the only seaman first class in the entire series? Neat. And that's all. I guess my fun fact will be, for the One Piece live action show, they actually built the ships. And the Baradier, I hope, once the series is over, they make it into an actual restaurant because I would go there. Well, where would they dock it at? It'd just be floating. I don't know. Well, they might. I mean, I know in Universal Studios, or, well, I don't know if it was, if, if it was Universal Studios, but someone in Japan, they they would occasionally make, like, Mary, the merry-go, like, a, a floating ship that people can ride on. Cool. Okay. So, maybe. There's our fun fact. I mean... And look, I'm not saying your idea is impossible. I mean, if the if the set of the Popeye movie could still be a popular tourist destination in Malta, then... Exactly. Mm. Okay, here we go. 2003, replica of The Going Mary, which may not be fully functional, was created and has been present at a number of exhibitions sponsored by Shueisha, Toei Animation, and Fuji TV in Odaiba, Tokyo. Neat. Mm. Okay. I will probably go there. The only problem with making the Baratier a free-floating restaurant in real life is that it would be in international waters, so obviously libertarians would try and commandeer it. True. Mm -hmm. Well, just kick them in the nuts. Mm. They're libertarians. They don't have any. Kick them in the closest nut. Kick them in the taint. Everybody's got a taint. Mm. With that energy in mind, episode 19... Uh... The three sword styles passed. Zoro and Queen's Vow. Looks like it's time to learn more about Zoro. Orchid's title. Zoro's Pledge. Simpler than the original name, but it gets the point across. Perfectly fine, yeah. My first note is the line from Usopp. Just leave the cannoning to me! <laughs> uh, we open on a peaceful day aboard the Going Merry. Uh, oh, hey, cannonballs, and they have a cannon. I love Luffy just completely ignoring Usopp's story. And Luffy's talking about a reef that would make for excellent target practice. Man, it's a good thing this is this is in our world, or Luffy would have killed the Great Barrier Reef instead of you know pollution. Yeah. Yeah. Don't mess mm. up the don't mess up the ecosystem, Luffy. Mm. Please, like he would ever do that. Wink, mm. wink. Don't, don't <laughs> do this to me. <laughs> is Luffy gonna is Luffy gonna get attacked by Greenpeace? Anyway. <laughs> uh, let Zoro sleep. There's not much going on right now. 
I like the almost Looney Tunes sounding brass band cover of We Are as Zora's flashback starts. I can hear that playing in New Orleans Square. Hmm. Yeah. Flashback to, uh, excuse me, not much going on right now. There's so little going on, in fact, that we flashback to Zoro as a child. Young Zoro is here is played by Brina Palencia, who we'll discuss in depth when uh, she debuts as one of our main characters in the present. In Japanese, it's Megami Urawa, who was Erasa and Oob in DBZ, Iria Winner in Gundam Wing, Hajime Imori in Toei Yu-Gi-Oh!, Cody in Digimon, and Yotaro Rindo in World Trigger. In the 4Kids dub, young Zoro was Andrew Rannells, who voiced Streaks and Street Sharks, Morty, Harley and the Mexican stereotype Poncho the Ludicolo Trainer in Pokemon, Archie Andrews and Archie's Weird Mysteries, Connor in Cubic's Robots for Everyone, Noah Kaiba, Mako Tsunami, and Leon Von Schroeder in Yu-Gi-Oh!, Rick the Hamster in Kirby Right Back At Ya, Fried Ricer in Fighting Foodons, Gamma, Beta, and Epsilon in Sonic X, Tal Ren in both dubs of Shaman King, Boloski and Young Zane in Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, and, weirdly enough, himself in an episode of The Simpsons. Weird. <laughs> it feels like 4Kids does less of the hire a woman to play a child thing that a lot of other dubs do, which, I mean, sometimes that can work, but it but whenever I've heard, like, like, I've heard bits and pieces of, like, four kids, male, like, grown men trying to sound like little boys voice acting, it's just off-putting. Yeah. It was at here, as far as I remember. Yep. Uh, so his town had a kendo school, and he tended to challenge people, and we meet uh, Zoro's eventual teacher, Koshiro. Like Good. No? Kids Zoro be like that one who's line clip. I want to start a fight. Yeah, I, I can't do kids Zoro, but yeah. Uh, Koshiro played, unfortunately, by Chuck Huber so again, so let's instead talk about his Japanese VA. Um, who is it again? Oh my god! Yep! <laughs> it's Joseph fucking Joestar from part three and four of JoJo, Ujo Ishizuka, but he's in a shit ton of other roles, too. For example, he was the narrator for Pokemon, uh, Pazuzu in The Exorcist, the Rat King in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the titular Violence Jack, Jeff Bogart in Fatal Fury, Blanca in Street Fighter 2, uh, Zabuza in Naruto, I think I skipped ahead a bit, uh, Donovan Bane in Darkstalkers, Professor Oak, Brock's Onyx, James's Weezing in Pokemon, Void in Berserk, Brilliant Dynamite's Neon in Trigun, Motherfucking Jet Black in Cowboy Bebop, Gozaburo Kaiba in Yu-Gi-Oh!, Rabat in Vandred, Quent Yaiden in Wolf's Reign, Captain Gontu in Lilo and Stitch, Prince Charming in Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> Belzore in Beat the Vandal Buster, Mr. Willensworth in Chicken Little. Willensworth? <laughs> what? The teacher, yeah. The one voiced by Patrick Stewart in the English in the English version. English oh, dub of Chicken Little. <laughs> Russ Cargill in the Simpsons movie. Uh, Ryotaro Dojima in Persona 4. Mr. Satan in Dragon Ball Z Kai. Uh, hail Satan! Hail, hail me. Von Hohenheim in FMA. Voltan in Redline, Heihachi Mishima in Tekken, Senator wow. Armstrong in Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, you know, the one who was powered by Mana Machine, son. <laughs> Ivan in Devil's Third, with his final role being Incineroar for Smash before passing away on August 13th, 2018, at the far too young age of 67. Rest in peace to an wow. absolute titan of Seiyu. 
And yeah. I always tell the story that uh, when one of his voice actor buddies was on their way home from the funeral, no joke, they turned on the radio and Last Train Home started playing. Mm-hmm. That is a kick in the dick right there. Yeah. My heart hurts. And it's gonna keep hurting this episode. Yes. Bold move challenging a child, dude. Well, um, Rosen. Yes. <laughs> Queen's father... In the in the four kids dub, Kawina's father was voiced by Wayne Grayson, who any Yu-Gi-Oh fan will recognize as the voice of Joey Wheeler. Yeah, but in that series, he also voiced Darts, Shoddy, Roland, Johnson of the Big Five, and the evil clown who impersonated Kaiba, as well as Yugi's grandpa in some later Yu-Gi-Oh dubs. He was also Ruka Suchia and Utena, Michelangelo and Krang in the 2003 TMNT series. Lance in Pokemon, Tokajiro in both Shaman King dubs, Cyrus and Professor Banner in Yukio GX, and of course the role everyone remembers him for, Marcel Towing from the video Brinkato movie Ratatouille. We're forgetting a big one that we've talked about before. Hmm? He was the biker who liked porn in Tribe 9. Oh yeah! Oh, and he was also the voice of Yasaku. Oh yeah! And, a fit- and, a fitting- and it's fitting that... The voice of the the voice of this dojo teacher would <laughs> what Joe dojo teacher Jesus Christ okay <laughs> look I couldn't send this the voice of this guy also shares a voice with Ruka from Utena because he also does something that he he also says does says and does stuff that he thinks is for the better good but in reality is voiced in is is housed in really shitty misogynistic beliefs okay. yeah yeah. I have thoughts about Ruka. We'll get there when we cover Utena, but uh, for now, uh, instead of challenging the child, uh, he just has his daughter do it. And this is Kuina. Well, it was Zoro who challenged him. So, yeah, but... Instead of accepting the child's challenge, he has his daughter do it. This is Kuina, played by Monica Rial, who, shockingly, I don't think we've talked about in detail before on any podcast. If I'm wrong, tell me, but she was <clears throat> Saika Maizono in the Danganronpa animes, Bulma, Maya Ibuki in Evangelion, the Game Master in Yu Yu Hakusho, Princess Hyatt in Excel Saga, Nora Lemming in Full Metal Panic, Minamo in Azumanga Daio, uh, Lyra in FMA, Momoko in Ghost Stories, you know, the Christian one, mm. Sayuki in mm. Initial D, Kyoko Kurisaki in Black Cat, Megumi in Peach Girl, Lara Gonzalez in School Rumble, Ayumi Yoshida in Detective Conan, Miria in Claymore, uh, Renga uh, Hoshi- <clears throat> Hoshijuki, excuse me, take three. Renga, my god, Renga Hoshikuji in Oran, hmm. Shane Lafare in Bakano, Momoko Nishizawa in Sergeant Frog, Subaki in Soul Eater, May Rin in Black Butler, Shizuka in High School of the Dead, the titular character in Misplosion Man, hmm. Mira Jane Strauss, but most importantly, my boy Plu in Fairy Tale. You're my boy Plu. <laughs> she was also stalking. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna there. say I was. I was surprised you hadn't brought up stocking. I'll go chronologically when I can. Fair enough. Uh, Shiro in Dead Man Wonderland, stocking. Michiko, Mal- yes. uh, Michiko Malandro in Michiko and Hachin. Tomoko in Watamode. Misaki Tachibana in Death Parade. Cruel Tepesh in Seraph. Uh, Rize Kamashiro in Tokyo Ghoul. Froppy in My Hero. Anna the hmm. Cookie Girl in Shimonetta. You know the one. Wait, I knew that. <laughs> Sue the Slime Girl in Monster Musume. Nano in Nichijou. Uh... Dorazo in Bofuri, the titular Uzaki-chan, uh, Veronica Dasad in Vanidas, Anna in Fire Emblem Engage, Asakusa in Isaacin, and a metric shit ton I have to leave off for time. 
In Japanese, she's Machiko to- Toyoshima, who was Misty's horsey. <laughs> <laughs> the duality makes, of man. Makes my job much easier. <laughs> Continue, Eli. In the four kids dub, she was Priscilla Everett, who also voiced Alexis in Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, and another character we'll meet later who has some connection to Kuina, probably. Okay, which, and which series? Uh, Hashigi. Has, yes. Which series has more prob- more problems giving female characters things to do, Yu-Gi-Oh! or One Piece? Yes. <laughs> I don't know Yu-Gi-Oh!, but then again, late... Then again, Arc 5 and Varines did a pretty good job. Yep, hmm. we're, we're in Shonen, the land of women getting the shaft. I should really rephrase that. Hmm. And aside like, from... Like, how fucking long did it take for JoJo to have a female JoJo? That's Too long. Go ahead. Was it? Like, didn't Part 6 come out in the 2000s? Yes. Yeah. That's still like 15 years into JoJo's legacy. Anyway... And aside from one random one-shot Pokemon character, that's it. At least according to behind the voice actors. So he used to believe in as many swords as possible style. Yeah. He started off as some he started off as some punk kid who went to become a dojo destroyer, but he knows nothing about swordplay, as demonstrated when he just picks up a ton of bamboo swords. Like, we learned in a second that he hasn't even held a sword until now. So what was your plan again, Zoro? As many swords as possible. My plan was win. <laughs> Destroy the dojo. Step two. Step three. Step three. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he was always just like this, huh? Yeah. He's got that Mondo mentality, but it doesn't work for him as Kuina whips his ass. Also, four kids censored the red mark on Zoro's face left by the sword when Kuina hits him. Come on, guys. It's not blood. Yeah, it's just... It's just... Yeah, you get red marks anytime you get hit by something. Yeah. Red is too scary. Guess we better censor Luffy's vest, then. (laughs) Is four kids comprised of bulls? (laughs) (laughs) So, essentially, Zoro's quest started because he was a stupid boy who couldn't handle losing to a girl. Though, it becomes more tragic later. Mm-hmm. Zoro's childhood goal was to beat Kuina, and he trained every fucking day to do so. To his credit, he became a beast with his chosen sword style. Yeah, like, and apparently he does well against other opponents. Like, he's the best student in the dojo, but Kuina still wins against him 2,000 2, times in a row. times in a row! Like, goddamn girl! Year. Yeah, over a year. Meaning... Like, let, let's let's divide 2,000 by 365 real quick. Be generous and say it's not a leap year. That means she was challenging... That means he was challenging her over five times a day. Yeah, five to six times a day. Yeah. And getting... And losing every single fucking time. I give up yeah. after one day. Yeah. And it's pretty clear that she's doing this to give him a rival to get stronger then. Like, if things had continued on, these two would have been legit rivals. Though, sadly, that would never happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, he, he was just always like this. So apparently, Koshiro can't trust the Jojo to Kuina, who heard that. And fuck you! It's apparently because she's a girl. So, remember when we said that Zoro would be Japanese if this were in the real world? Well, here we get some sadly real-life Japanese gender norms here. Thanks, I fucking hate it. 
Yeah. You will never be the strongest swordsman. You'll be the strongest swordswoman, unless there's something you need to tell me. There is... Hmm. I will accept you if you are, if you are indeed decide to be a man, but I will not accept poor grammar. <laughs> Wano is not for a long time, and even uh, then he would not last in Wano. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, they're going to pull a walk hard and battle with real swords. <laughs> I just expected. <laughs> I'm cut in half pretty bad here. <laughs> Does anyone know how to fight with a real sword? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> You know, yeah. I mean, I I brought this up when we were watching this originally, and aside from the best outcome where they both live, a part of me wonders what would have happened if Zoro had died and Kuina had joined the crew instead. I I just like One Piece should have what if one one, one piece of another universe. <laughs> <sighs> Because so, you really do feel for Kuina here, and she never gets the chance to achieve her dream. Maybe in another universe that happened, but sadly, this is shown in anime, the land of problems with women. Yep. Uh, so Kuina goes to grab her dad's real katana, the Wado Ichimonji, which Zoro has now. Uh, the fight begins, and it's awesome. The show's so great at quick sword combat. I was thinking, there, there are many problems with the Star Wars prequels. I disagree with the ones that say that the fights, the lightsaber fights, are too fast. They're not too fast. They're just badly choreographed. Mm. This proves that you can have a fast sword fight and do it really, really well. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's also clear that she won partially because Zoro isn't used to how heavy real swords are yet. <laughs> but if one if one sword equals a hundred hundred men and two hundred, then two swords. Damn it. Let me try that again. If, if one sword equals 100 power, then two swords must equal 200 power. We'll go with that. Yeah, it's the Lloyd Irving approach. Uh, and Zoro lost again. <laughs> Poor Koina is buying her dad's bullshit. Thankfully, Zoro does not care about gender bullshit. Yeah. Why do I get the feeling Zoro would say, I don't, I don't care if you're a man or a woman or somebody's grandma. Yeah. Also, it's pretty obvious, but the scene where Kuina mentions that her breasts are coming in was cut out of the four kids version. Yeah, I'm okay with that change. That was, you know, I get, I get what she means, but it was creepy. She's 11. Yeah. So, yeah. Not, not something I need to hear about, frankly, but, you know. <sighs> I, I mean, I have more complicated views on this because, quite frankly, I think that I think that young girls do need to hear that, you know, puberty fucking exists. Yes, I'm not saying that. I'm just going to shut up and let the let the actual person who knows what they're talking about talk, so go ahead. Because, yeah. I mean, there there is a tendency, like, like some girls do, or like in elementary school ages, do get their periods or start developing breasts. And, so, and obviously you can, you can talk about it in a non-creepy way in animated shows. Like, Hell, I remember my mind being fucking blown, like, after when I was flipping through uh, cartoons after school one day, and I caught a rerun re of Braceface, of all things, on, on what was then Fox Family, and it was an episode explicitly talking about getting your first period. And... And... Like, and I remember in fifth grade, we even got the whole period talk with... The guys in one room, the girls in the other room, and let me tell you, 
let me tell you, even then, I still felt nervous because I did not know what it was going to feel like to get my first period. There were so many things I had questions about, about, pu about puberty, but I was terrified to ask. So, I honestly... So, again, while I get your discomfort with the whole breast thing, at the same time, I do think we kind of need to normalize talking about puberty to an extent. Yes, and I'm not saying that it's not, it's something that shouldn't be there. I'm just... It's something that, because of how society is, it's, it's cr uncomfortable for me, but it's... I get that it can help other people. Right. I, again, th there's a lot of things that I honestly wish media, when I was growing up, could have addressed better that I do think they're, they are getting better at. It's... It, it's just kind of frustrating, especially when you when you have a body whose puberty is specifically stigmatized by media. Yeah. 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 But most writers are men, therefore we can't... <laughs> we can't... We can't... Uh... Anyway, back to One Piece, please. Although, from a practical standpoint, Kuina, just get some chest bindings. Yeah! Yeah, fair enough. Or go full Amazon. Hmm. Oh yeah. Well, well, that's more for archery. Fair, hmm. fair. Uh, the, anyway, the two make a promise. One of them will be the world's greatest swords person. Yep. Zoro doing arm pulls with a barbell in his fucking teeth. Yeah, he's also he's also lifting a rock with his teeth so that's he can insane. hold a sword in his mouth. And Kawina, she's dead. She fell down the stairs and died trying to get her katana's whetstone. And yeah, it's just super fucking sudden. And I it's a bold decision, but I don't know how to feel about it. I believe it was last episode that we brought this up, but I warned you about stairs, bro! <laughs> it keeps happening! I think it's also a meme in the One Piece fandom that she was defeated by the greatest villain in the series, Down these Stairs. On one hand, that's funny. On the other hand... You couldn't it's think of a better way to kill her off. What? Would you rather have her die of plot disease? Honestly? <laughs> I, yes, because yes. disease can strike at any moment. It, really? It's Kalina. She was competent enough to defeat Zoro 2001 times. How the hell does she die to stairs? I, I think we'll, we'll, yeah. Here's how I would have fixed this. You can still have the stair thing, but have her be carrying her sword and she trips and falls on the sword. That way she at least dies to the sword. You know, this... Me? It, it's kind of... It so, that sounds kind of similar to how, from what I understand, quite a lot of servants back in the Victorian days would die falling downstairs to the servants' quarters because, you know, they were carrying, like, trays or baskets and stuff like that. And, you know, back in the old days, they didn't really have uniform measurements for how stairs should be. Mm. I just feel like it shouldn't have happened with Kalina, given how they established her. Yeah. One of these days I gotta show you those uh, hidden killers of the Victorian or Edwardian or post-war home uh, documentaries that aired on some British channel years ago. Uh, but they're oh really, boy, they're really fascinating. Channel. Huh? I said, oh boy, some British channel. <laughs> Look, I couldn't <laughs> remember if it was like BBC or, I or ITC or Channel 4 or what. But, yeah, this scene is really sad. And you have to know that Zoro has a little bit of survivor's guilt over this because he pushed her to train harder and she fell down the stairs while getting her katana's whetstone. So it's no wonder that he stuck with his promise until now. 
And here we get what I think is the second worst example of four kids' horrible death censorship in this series. So pretty much every four kids show had to remove any references to death. Like, you might think of an infamous example in Yu-Gi-Oh! GX where Aster Phoenix's dad was badly photoshopped out of a scene where he discovers his corpse. Or how Maria was taken away in Sonic X. But here, according to the 4Kids dub, Kuina was beaten up by a boy from a rival dojo she defeated and injured to the point where she was still alive, but she could never wield a sword again. I think this is what led to some fan theories later on where... Okay, there's a character who appears later on who, for some reason, looks like Kuina, and she even wields a sword. I remember there were fan theories that Kuina survived, but she got amnesia and came back as this character. Although, in the actual continuity, that probably wouldn't be possible. I mean, and I, said, I was talking to Carl about this, and he suggested that it's, pro it's probably a joke on our parts. And I say this is the second worst, because I'm going to have words when we get to our long part. Oh, oh no. even I know about that one. No, I don't remember it. Uh, I will say... Um, go ahead. You first. I need to think. Uh, I, I have gotten a few chapters into the manga so far, and Zoro's flashback occurs way earlier. So I can confirm in the manga we did see Kuina's body, so... Yeah. Not her face. Not her face. The theory still is. The eyes are gone. I know, I know. My theory is more that her soul, metaphysical or otherwise, went to Toshigi. And, uh... Yeah, Emmett had a really good uh, theory, if like, not theory, but uh, proposal if they both lived. Have them both join the crew because they're still both competing. Yeah. I mean, Zoro and... is constantly competing, competing with Sanji already. So. Exactly, it would fit. And you really think Luffy would object to more swords? <laughs> no, he probably he probably agrees with Zoro's philosophy. Yeah. So anyway, in, in regarding to the four kids edit, one it okay. Also, in, with the GX one, that one kind of made sense given one of what happens later, but then. In regards to this, this seems like a probably a better outcome than the stairs things. I disagree, because I feel like her just getting uh, beaten up to where she can never hold a sword again. That that would be fine if we saw her again, but the fact that we never see her again, because you know it's not actually what happened, kind of makes it worse because. She just stops existing as a character once her fun once her function to the plot is gone. Yeah, for all intents and pur for all intents and purposes, she's alive but catatonic. She fell down the stairs into the shadow realm. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like the fact that she just died. I get immediately. it immediately. I think it's worse to have her written out as a character, basically basically thrown away as a character in turn, like. Is, is what I'm saying making sense? Yes. Okay. I mean, I feel the same way about another character later on, but we'll get to that when we get to it. I, I don't like yeah. the term fridging, because I feel like uh, characters dying for the sake of other characters is just how writing works. It's just more a commentary on how often it happens to women. Yeah. It's yeah. Like the yeah. It, it's, it, it itself is not the problem. The fact that it exists is the problem, you know? Yeah. But yeah, um... Fucking... Or was I? Uh, 
Yeah, Zoro goes to the dojo after the funeral, expecting to see her there? No. And he never stopped training, though, even seeing Kawina in brief moments in his mind. It's a beautiful sequence, frankly. Fucking yeah. infuriating that four kids destroyed that. Yeah. What, you couldn't write her getting captured by the Negaverse four kids? <laughs> That's that a thing. That... This is Shadow Realm territory. <laughs> I know, I'm just giving you a little taste of things to come when we get back to watching Sailor Moon. Oh, goody <laughs> joy, hooray. Zora's still like, in... either, either have her get lost at sea to maybe play with the, the thing that happens later. Yes! Or... Or whatever, just to get around the fact she died. Just anything. Or maybe just don't. Don't do it. Like, the kids watch Disney movies. They know what death is. Yes! I, I, oh, man. Eight, oh, is there just a mandate saying you can't say die on Saturday morning TV? Yes. I, I guess. I'm I guessing. think. I think so, probably. Like, that's the, re that's the reason that four kids took out all the guns in Yu-Gi-Oh!, Turns out Koshiro actually wanted Kawina to slice through the glass ceiling. Probably should have told her that, dude! You dick! Yeah. Zoro still intends to keep his promise of being the world's greatest swordsman. Koshiro giving him Kawina's sword, her spirit, and her dreams in Zoro's hands. Scene where... Where, the, where just little Zoro finally allows himself to cry. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't noticed that was the first time, yeah. And the music, oh. Yeah. yeah. Eight years later, Zoro's able to slice off... Eight years later, Zoro's able to slice giant fuck-off boulders with his three-sword style. And he still... <laughs> you okay there, Becky? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he still visits Queen's grave, and now he's off to fill the promise to her. I would have loved it. Zoro. Yes, Sensei. The exit to the village is that way. <laughs> never. And, I love how Jeff was, Jeff was like, and never forget how to return to this place. You kidding? It's always going to be on my mind. Two years later. How the fuck do I fuck. get back? <laughs> <laughs> back in the present, it's pretty obvious that Usopp should be the ship's marksman. Luffy agrees and realizes they need a cook. Okay, he thinks they need a musician, but they need a cook too. I like how even Usopp didn't believe he hit that rock on the first try. <laughs> oh, shit. We've got company. And, then, yeah. and, uh, at one, and after Luffy says he can't be the captain, Usopp says, and I quote, I'm going to humor you for now, but the second you do anything cowardly, I'm taking your post. Remember that for later. I can't fucking believe that. <laughs> anyway, uh... These are two of Zoro's bounty hunter buddies, Johnny and... Well, it's just Johnny for now. Uh, Johnny's played by the late great Christopher Ayers, who was Frieza, Miki in Initial D, Garuga in Yu Yu Hakusho, the manager in Cromartie High, Sawada in Desert Punk, Jin Uzuki in uh, Xenosaga, Sid in Devil May Cry, Camillo in Romeo... Did we skip their introduction? Um, no, no, they, no they Johnny just shows up at the end of this episode. Oh. Oh, well, I was just wondering if we forgot to acknowledge them. No. How they got on... How they ended up here? We're getting there. That's the, that's the beginning of the next one. Is they showed up? They still what? <clears throat> one of them Johnny shows, shows up, up at, at the, end. the end of this. That's, that's what I'm saying. But how they got there is in the next episode. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Cromillo and Romeo, Romeo and Juliet, Raven and FMA Brotherhood, Prince Soma, Asman, Kadar in Black Butler, Duke Everloo in Fairy Tale, Corset in Painting and Stocking, and Gareth Landrock in Don Machi. May he rest in peace. 
In Japanese, Johnny is Masaya Ta- uh, In Japanese, Johnny is Masaya Takatsuya. Damn it. In Japanese, Johnny's Masaya Ta- Fuck! Takats- what is Takatsuya. going on with my brain today? Let me clean my glasses, it might help. Don't feel bad. I screwed up too. I said dojo teacher instead of sensei earlier. Are we all just mm. tired? It's it's the middle of summer. Mm. Our brains are melting. I, I, I had to work a five and a half hour shift with no do. lunch. That'd do it. And I also saw Bar- saw Barbie after. I had I had a busy day that was also very much a hurry up and wait day because our fucking printing machine at work broke. Mm. In Japanese, Johnny's Masaya Takatsuka, who was Professor Cobra in Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, Omer Fang in Gundam, Garrick in, Le- Garrick in Record of Lotus War, Shuron in Inuyasha, the titular Blue Dragon, Hugh Draw in Kid Icarus Uprising, and Kanbei Kuroda in Samurai Warriors 5. So, Zoro used to roll with these two. Wait, two? Re- Sorry, go ahead. Person. Yep. I gotta say, it was weird hearing Johnny's voice on the Funimation dub, because his voice actor here did a completely different approach to the character than his four kids actor kid did. But I guess that's what happens when you get compared to motherflippin' Dan Green! Oh dear! Yes, in the four kids dub, Johnny had the same voice as Yugi, Knuckles in Sonic X, the Emperor in Outlanders, Soji Mikage in Utena, Chuck... Hmm. Ashes Trico, Professor Birch, Norman, Watson, Mewtwo in pretty much every appearance after his first movie, except for that one weird female one, Eugene, sorry, I meant Eugene, Byron the Gym Leader, I love Theodon, and Entei from Pokemon, Gov from Slayers, Silva in Shaman King, Tenet Stone from G.I. Joe Sigma 6, Professor Pickle from Sonic Unleashed, Tetsuya Tsurugi from Mazinger Z Infinity, and a few other important One Piece characters we'll be meeting soon. Oh, and of course there's the role that everyone remembers him from, Pankata from The Little Panda Fire. I fucking hate that you could do this joke twice! <laughs> yeah, he was in quite a few of the Video Brinkato movies. I, I think they stuff. just hired a bunch- I think the Video Brinkato ones just hired from the New York area, because- yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap with four kids in Central Park media dubs. So, what do we think of this episode? I liked it. Yeah. It fucking hurt my heart, but I liked it. Yeah. Besides the way Kawina got fridged, yeah. it was good. Yeah. yeah, this episode was great. Zoro's backstory, or at least the first part of it, is still heartbreaking. And you really feel for him and Kawina. You totally get why he wants to become stronger now, and it's not just through some basic shonen protagonist to be dreamed to be the best, either. It works really well. Granted, I'm not thrilled that we had to kill off a female character who was stronger to do it, but again, shonen anime have never been great at that. Yeah. Uh, episode 20? Episode right. 20. Famous cook, Sanji of the Sea Restaurant. Episode four kids title, King of the Bus Boys. Oh, okay, I, okay, I kind of like that one. <laughs> we open on a couple on a marine ship. First, good. Right off, we start off with another change on the title card, as this was another one where four kids reanimated the water in the background for some reason. Why? We just we just got three D modeling software, and damn it, we want to show it off. Uh, can't even edit your cards in Yu-Gi-Oh, right? <laughs> what the hell makes you think you can do this? <laughs> oh my god. 
Back with our crew, Johnny thankfully calmed down. And he brings out a dude who's both sick and stabbed. Clearly, this is a symptom of I'll die if I don't have my snackiosis. <laughs> so this is Yosaku, Johnny and Zoro's pirate hunter bro. He's played by Josh Martin, who was Majin Buu, Kid Buu, Commander Red in OG Dragon Ball, Mason in FMA, and Larry Butts in Ace Attorney. In Japanese, he's Yasuhiko Tokiyama, who was Jihao Yuan and Sunjian in Dynasty Warriors, and Arlon in Kid and Arlon in Kid Icarus Uprising. Hmm. I already said who voiced him in the four kids. Oh yeah, though. he did. It was really so, I forgot. Yeah. Yuki and Joey back at it again. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, he's got fucking scurvy. I have to know. Did they keep this in? They censored his injuries, but they kept. But basically, they took away the blood. But they kept him turning pale and his teeth. Well, his did they teeth, call it scurvy? His tooth, missing tooth. Yes. Okay, that's what. I was okay. Wondering. I'm well, well I mean, that counts as their educational content, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, shit, they were so, on that island that Usopp blew up. Oopsie. Yeah. So, so, yeah, we could teach all the stupid American kids watching this on Saturday mornings, drink your fucking orange juice. Yep. And, and see, kids, this is why we call British people limeys back in the day. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, because oh, they carried yeah. limes on their ships to avoid scurvy. <laughs> How dare you want us to want to avoid a life-threatening illness? <laughs> also, Nami seems to know a lot about citrus. Yeah. She likes tangerines. We've established this. I know. It's like with Hajime with the oranges. I like how when Luffy and Usopp are barreling in to grab the lime, well, barrel, you can hear the legit running cartoon bongo the sound effect. The sound effect. I was fucking losing it. Uh, but yeah, so Johnny and Yosuko are absolutely fucking, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They were traveling together before they met Zoro, at least according to that episode we'll meet, we'll see later. Yep. Uh, you know I don't do anything straight, Johnny. Hmm. Thankfully, Nami has a brain, and yeah. Uh, drink up, sick guy! <laughs> and then he died in a, of his fist... Yeah, his fist yeah, oh, damn it! Someone else said it. Yes. Uh, the, the fact that they just shove a handful, like a fistful of limes in his mouth is great. Because more limes are better. <laughs> That's me in the dry, dry desert in Paper no, Mario. No, no, no. Luffy said good or not better. True. Yeah. Uh, it, it's the cured. The nutrients cured me. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the first uh, of this for this for this week, y'all. What bars are Johnny and Yasak and Yosaku? Well, in my opinion, well, the first thing that came to my mind was Mike and Hanks. Mike and Berry Blast flavor for, for Johnny, and original fruit flavor for Yosaku. Becky? Uh, uh, skip me for the moment, Aunt. Don't worry, I forgot I too. To... I have to go with Eli's suggestion. <laughs> Shit. Uh, the one time I forget. Well, uh, Tifa says Yosaku is an ear of corn, and Johnny is a blueberry and cream smoothie. Hmm. Uh, let's see. He's a little lad who loves berries and cream. Aura says Beauty Johnny is. Cream. Whatever... Sorry. Says, Johnny is whatever you can snag in the grocery store deli just as they're closing. Uh, after you get home and realize the fridge is empty, Yosuku is gas station sushi with a side of Minute Maid orange juice. Hmm. Jeff says Yosuku is a can of Mountain Dew. Aaron says Johnny is an almond joy, and Yosuku is an Andy's mint. Hmm. Okay, I got it. Uh, hang on. Uh, 
Or no, wait, hang on. Shoot. I got one. Trying to open the link here. I say Johnny is a blueberry pie, and Yosaku is a can of Sprite. Hmm. Okay, uh, Yosaku is a bag of Doritos Salsa Verde Verde flavored tortilla chips, and Johnny is a is a bag of Doritos Cool Ranch flavored chips. Neat. So, if you're wondering how Zoro met these two morons, affectionate, we'd sort of get that answer in a filler episode later, and most people consider that one canon, even though it's not in the manga. Plus, it did make for one really funny four kids change, which I'll get to. Also, Yasaku collapsing is me after probably pulling a muscle at Disneyland but dancing my ass off at the wedding anyway. True story! <laughs> yep. Uh... Yosuke, you're still sick. Yeah, they need a coke real bad. Uh, I love Nami's logbook pen. You know, um, Rosen, we kind of we kind of skipped over full body, even though he appears on the opening was, of this episode. I was bringing that more when he talks. Okay. Uh, so the crew's on the way to, to the floating restaurant Baratier, which is conveniently near the Grand Line. And apparently, Zoro's looking for Hawkeye Pierce. I mean, wrong universe, but sure. That's nonsense. He's way cooler than Jeremy Renner. Jeez, Hawkeye. Dang, dang it. Jeez, Zoro, I didn't know you were a fan of University of Iowa sports. <laughs> Isaac, you got one? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, here comes JBL, apparently. <laughs> why Why are they? Why aren't they firing? This is Full Body, played by John Bergmeier, who was Lucky Roo, uh, Tian Shinhan, Karama, Shigure Soma in Fruits Basket, Doroshe in FMA, Kanzo in Samurai 7, River Zastori in Black Cat. Elmer C. Albatross in... Bl- oh my god. Elmer C. Albatross in Bakano. Haru... Haruo Kasage in Eden of the East. Ebisu in Noragami Aragoto. Ed Shot in My Hero. Matthew in Ancient Magus Bride. And Adam Whiteley in Moriarty the Patriot, which may be the most Aryan... Adam Whiteley in Moriarty the Patriot, which may be the most Aryan name ever. In Japanese, it's Hideo Ishikawa who was rusty in Thomas and Friends. It's always funny when Thomas and Friends shows up on this podcast. Yeah. Smoke, smoke, smoke weed every day. <laughs> Captain Atlantis and Ryo Asahina in Voltage Fighter Gokaiser. Uh, Ryoma Nagare in Get a Robo Armageddon. Yugo Ogami in Bloody Roar. Oren in Final Fantasy X. Leon hmm. in Kingdom Hearts. Itachi Uchiha in Naruto. <laughs> Jushiro Irotake in Bleach. Kate Sith in Advent Children. Hideki Ide in Death Note, that fucker Funai in Kaiji, Z1 Thanks, in Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. What's up? Thanks, bitch. Thanks, bitch. Uh, Unicorn Jabu in Saint Seiya, Pulpo in JoJo, <laughs> Simon Belmont and the Mii Fighters in Smash, Lawless in Live Alive, and Kamon Kanai in Yakuza 5. In the 4Kids dub, Full Body was Tom Wayland, who voices a couple of other minor characters later on, as well as Chu from the Arlong Park arc. Oh, fun! He, w- he was also Mini-Mew in Mew-Mew Power, Abydos uh. III and Jim Crocodile Cook in Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, Storm Shadow what? in G.I. Joe Sigma-6, Pro- <laughs> I know, Pro Hogan in Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds, Oh my god! <laughs> Flint and Aaron from Sinnoh's Elite Four in Pokemon, as well as a few other minor characters like Cress, and he even voiced Anne and Steven in one of the specials. Isaac, I'm gonna need you to cut in at least one great Englishism from Jim Crocodile Cook in Japanese. I'll let I you decide. Try. 
There's a lot. Uh, why would you throw your bounties? <laughs> well, he didn't yeah, throw them. <laughs> Go ahead. He didn't throw them off the ship or anything, but yeah. Uh, let's see. We got Don Tacos, Tohenbach, Taco Ba something, Usanskvi, and the plot. <laughs> so, so. As you might expect from his name being Full Body, Full Body is a big fan of wine. So, because alcohol references, all of the wine bottles were removed in the 4Kids dub, except for one, which we'll get to in a minute. They also changed the color of the wine in the glasses and removed the stems of the glasses when he's toasting his lady friend in the beginning to make it look as little like wine as possible. But that's not the censorship of the wine from this episode you're going to remember. Uh... Uh, well, fuck you, full body. Just, just going straight to one in the boat sunk because it's apparently an eyesore. I wonder, also, if four, I wonder if four kids thinks that any Catholic kids watching what are are asking what are asking what that funny smelling liquid is that that their parents get to sip at communion. Let's not talk about that because it's going to go down a dark road. So, I'm still not used to calling this restaurant Baratier because as a kid I always thought it was Barati, which is why I didn't correct Rosen earlier. So if I end up calling it that on this podcast, you'll know why. Did I say Barati? I meant Baratier. Yeah. I mean, the dub goes by that. Yeah. But yeah. So um... when Full Body pulls... Sorry, but when... Fullbody pulls up next to the Going Merry, basically to Peacock in front of his lady friend. You can see those two Marines standing guard in front of his cabin. Well, in the Four Kids dub, of course their rifles were recolored to look like squirt guns. Except when you see them later from the side when Four Kids forgot to edit that shot. Oopsie! Oops. (laughs) Oops. When he said to impress his lady friend, I'm just thinking of Bubs. Most of the light of all my lady friends. Bubs is the one Homestar voice I cannot do to save my fucking life. <laughs> also, discussing how Baratier is pronounced is just making me think of Barata, and that sounds delicious right oh now. Oh my god. Mm, Barata. What's up? I thought that the date, the woman that Fullbody was dating was nameless. She does have a name. What's her name? Her name is Moody. Hmm. She's... Funimation voice has her as Colin Clickenbeard. Oh, Japanese VA is Hiromi Nishikawa. I can't look that up right now. Or fuck it. She was torp. Nishikawa was Torpedo Girl in Boba Bo. Nice. <laughs> and she didn't seem to have much else in the way of roles. Fair enough. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Torpedo Girl. She was. Uh, hmm. Jesus Christ. Her name Becky. is. Mo- Her name is Moody. Does she have a point? Becky, look at this. Uh. Sorry, I can't. Oh, you're good. Uh-huh. Look at this character. Oh, hang on. Luke Yola in The Legend of Heroes. Let me see. I didn't have the stream open, so let me see. Oh, damn. Yep. Mm. I can show it. The, rare, just, yeah. the rare underboob armor. <laughs> it just Baron von Underbuben. It's always funny to me that some of the characters who are like. Otherwise, not important to have the funny names. Yeah. Mm. You gotta name something. Yeah. It's a bunch of Sailor Moon roles. Yeah. She's known pretty much as Torpedo Girl and Luke Yola. That's about it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, speaking of dark times, Nami is not okay. Yeah, that's some PTSD response going there, oh. right there. Yeah. 
we've kind of already spoiled it given how much we've referenced Arlong Park, but it's clear that she has a past with this Arlong, whoever he is. Also, did you notice that the posters say wanted dead or alive? Well, four kids did, so that was removed. <laughs> uh, four kids. Are they just glamour the... shots now? What the fuck? <laughs> they still have the dollar sign, they just took out the dead or alive part. They're not even dollars! <laughs> well, the berry value, whatever. Yeah, I, I legit thought four kids would just change them to dollars. <laughs> no, <clears throat> I didn't go that far somehow. Ugh. Anyway. Gum gum slingshot, fuck yeah. Oh god, he lost the balance and hit the Baradier. Now, I said before that gum gum balloon would lead to a weird moment later, and this is it. I know this is technically a manga difference, but I asked Isaac if I could talk about this one since I mm -hmm. did bring it up. In the manga, originally Luffy used gum gum balloon to return the cannonball, which mistakenly goes in the wrong direction. But in the anime, he instead tries an anime original gum gum slingshot technique to return it, but his hand slips. I kind of like this change, and I think it makes more sense visually. Yeah, It makes me think of any videos I've seen of slingshot rides at cheap theme parks breaking. Makes me think of Angry Birds. <laughs> and Luffy just killed a man. No, he's not dead, but he did get injured, which four kids censored. Yep. This is Zeph, the head chef here. He's played by Grant James, who was Scar's master in FMA, Okawa in Desert Punk, Torneo Rudman in Black Cat, Rob in Fairy Tale, and a lot of old men. In Japanese, it's Koji Yada, who was Dr. Jiro, Dr. Mori Mori in Mazinger Z, Great Devil Yura in Getter Robo, Dandelion in Watership Down, uh, Libra Doko in Saint Seiya, Dario Brando in the Phantom Blood Game, Grandpa in Klonoa, and Dintos in Kid Icarus Uprising before his death in 2014. May he rest in peace. I like Zeph. In the Four Kids dub, he was Robert O'Gorman, who also voiced Patty. He was also Admiral Seishu Mifune in Irresponsible Captain Tyler, and of course, Crump of the Big Five. Penguin. Penguin. <laughs> uh, hey y'all, what bar is Chef Zeph? This is the easiest one for me. Yeah. He's the state he's the state puff marshmallow man. <laughs> <laughs> he totally is. Becky. He's Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac. White chocolate Hershey bar. Fair enough. <laughs> uh Fizz says he's Ashton's favorite, Chef Excellence. Aurora says <laughs> he is, of course, <laughs> Chef Boyardee. Uh, I'd have to say that is an excellent pick. <laughs> Tifa says cream of mushroom soup. Phil says he's a white chocolate Snickers bar. I say he's either the discontinued restaurant franchise Burger Chef, or he is everyone's favorite Kadekaris character, Sam Widge! <laughs> <laughs> Luffy, to his credit, is very apologetic to Zeph before he relives some trauma of causing Shanks' disarming. Yeah. If Luffy did that to, to Zeph's leg, there'd be a lot more blood. Yeah. 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 Honestly... Luffy, one year of work is a pretty small fee for injuring the head chef of a restaurant and destroying part of his sleeping quarters. I mean, he, there is the there is the other option. <laughs> I'm gonna need to, I'm gonna need your leg. <laughs> Give me your leg! Come on, you're not using it. Yes, yes I am. Damn it! <laughs> but yeah, it looks like Luffy's gonna work for the Baradier, unpaid as, uh, for a year as a dishwasher. No, I mean, what's a year? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Usopp's like, maybe they'll only have him working for like a month. You optimist. <laughs> and is it time? I think it's time. We meet our newest cast member, Sanji. He's played by Eric Vale, who was future drunks in Dragon Ball Z, Dryden Fossa in Escaflone, Rondo in Yu Yu Hakusho, Yuki Soma in Fruits Basket, Solf J. Kimbley in FMA, Koichiro Ikatani in Initial D, the titular Desert Punk, Larry Anderson in Zoltzi Ray, Oji Kurosuma in School Rumble, Sid in Claymore, Huey LaFerre in Bacano, Francisco in Romeo and Juliet. I, I always know, don't know if it's ex Juliet or cross Juliet, so I'll just go with Anne Juliet. I always say ex Juliet. <laughs> uh, Japan with the, the, the cross stuff. Wise in Spice and Wolf, Justin Law in Soliner, Kashurn in Kashurn Sins, Takashi in Death Parade, Ono in Ass Class, Nishiki Nishizo in Tokyo Ghoul, uh, Shigaraki in My Hero, Satoru Nanashi in Danganronpa 3, that one's just for us. Pandora's <laughs> actor in Overworld, Phoenix Wright in Ace Attorney, the anime, Shinji Kamuro in Mob Psycho Season 3, probably, and Nuno Kargan in G-Witch. In Japanese? Oh. Good. No, 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 go ahead. I need to build up to this. <laughs> oh, boy. In Japanese, he's Hiroaki... In Japanese, he's Hiroaki Harada, who was Leomon, Hunter the Cheetah in Spyro, Keigo Okita in Hajime no Ippo, the titular Joseph King of Dreams... <laughs> Genma Shiranui in Naruto, Neo in the Animatrix, Denahi, Denahi in Brother Bear, Yaramir Lipsky in Monster, the Riddler in The Batman, Pip in Helsing Ultimate, uh, Balflayer in Final Fantasy XII, Benny in Black Lagoon, Virgil in Devil May Cry, Caliburn in Sonic and the Black Knight, <laughs> Laguna in Dissidia, Orlando Haddock in Catherine, the titular character in Rango, I think he was also Jack Sparrow in Kingdom Hearts, uh, hmm. Wild Tiger in Tiger and Bunny Samuel Rodriguez in uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance Polnareff in Ulster huh? Bat- Battle Oh, original you, you Cancer Death Mask in Saint Seiya <laughs> <laughs> look, in- look, it's re- from what I understand about Saint Seiya it's referring to the Zodiac sign I realize that, it's just a very fun Cancer Death Mask is the edgelordiest name I've ever heard it's like up there with Ragna the Blood Edge uh Rackham in Grand Blue, Godot in Ace Attorney, the anime, Max Lobo in Banana Fish, and Noah Vix in Astro Lost in Space. Oh boy, this one's pretty infamous. Yeah. In the four mm-hmm. kids dub, Sanji was voiced by a guy named David Moo. He also voiced Panic in Yu-Gi-Oh! and Zelos in Slayers. And that's about it, because he retired from voice acting and now runs a New York bar. Also, he was a good... Also, he was a contestant on Jeopardy once in 2019, where he came in second place and walked away with $2,000. Good for him. Yeah. Look, I don't dislike David Moo as a person, but my god, 4Kids direction for Sanji was fucking awful. I don't know what you're talking about over here. When you talk about bad 4Kids voices, Sanji is usually near the top of the list, and for good reason. It's not just the pointless Brooklyn accent. He just had a voice that was terrible for Sanji. Honestly, he got so much hate for this role that I feel kind of bad doing that now. You know what? David Moo, or Mr. Moo, if you prefer. Mr. I'm sorry, Mr. Moo is not good. <laughs> I don't drink, but I can promise you that if I'm ever in New York, I'll stop in at your bar, and if you happen to be bartending, I'd love to order a mocktail from you and have a nice civil chat about your voice acting days. I know they're long behind you now, but you seem like an interesting guy. You seem like a cool dude. I just don't understand why they picked a Brooklyn accent, because 
I in when it comes to anime dubs, I'm used to people picking. I, I'm used to them picking like Southern. New York or Southern or whatever accents for people who have a Kansai dialect, and I, I've never heard of Sanji having one. No, no, because he does not. Like he's not. Good. He's not from Japan. Like, there's no Japan in this world. He's fucking sw- is he French? Well, technically, there's no Japan in this world. Okay, but in, in the real world, he would be French. Well, no. he's Well, no. Otis said he's British. He's British? I thought, okay. I thought he said French. Hang okay. on. Let me look this up. French would, look. French would make more sense, given that his attack names are in French. I think it's... Yeah, I think you're confused because uh, his actor in the live action is British. Ah, okay. I'm trying to look... I'm looking at I just remember people making a big deal about Sanji's live-action actor being British, because they were like, wait, he's a blonde British chef? And then immediately started with the Gordon Ramsay beams. Yeah, yeah it's French. Okay. Um, yeah, I was gonna look into the straw hat thing. That's fine. Like, like, uh... And uh, with the first appearance of Sanji, we've got two pretty infamous 4Kids edits to go along with oh, it. Boy. Yeah, I know one of them. First, mm-hmm. we got about. T- first, we got to talk about Sanji smoking his lollipops. Look, okay. yes, Sanji Hot is almost. Go. go for it, you first. Hot take. I'm fine with this change. I mean, it's. I mean, on paper, it's not bad, but that also means you have to edit the smoke out of every shot where it's lit. Oh, it's a ridiculously <laughs> hard amount of work, but like, I just, as someone who, I don't know. I got I got a thing with smoking. It's my own personal thing, but like I'm fine with it. Well, in the original, Sanji is never seen without a cigarette in his mouth. Well, almost. Four kids couldn't have that, but it'd be too hard to edit it out of every shot, or at least that's what I would say if it weren't for what happens with a certain character later. So they changed it to a cherry lollipop and simply removed all the shots where Sanji could be seen lighting a cigarette. It's stupid. I- but not as stupid as some of the edits we'll see later. I, th- I think it would be funny if they accidentally kept in one of those lighting shots, so he's just lighting his lollipop. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I get... You, you can't promote smoking to kids. I get... Obviously. Just... This is the point where you sell off the fucking show. <laughs> yeah. Did they really? They should've. Also... Good. Also, I almost... Also, I legitimately forgot that Yosaku also smoked cigarettes, but they edited out his, too. Ooh. I... You said that... This is gonna be the, a deep cut. You remember that episode of the Boondocks where they referenced that one uh, that one YouTube video? The Smokes with Cigarettes Kid? No. Oh. It's, it's, it's too deep of a cut. Basically, they did a Halloween parody uh, where, instead of Michael Myers, it was a kid who just is a sociopath and just likes doing bad stuff. Hmm. Still, still kept in Doctor Loomis though. Anyway, I'm getting I'm getting off trap or off track. Well, I can't talk about four kids edits though without talking about this one involving full body. I said before that all but one of the wine bottles were removed, and that one is the one that Sanji brings to full body's table. But that bottle, according to four kids, contains. Grape juice. Yes, most of the dialogue is basically the same, with Full Body attempting to sound like a wine snob in front of Moody, but he's going on and on about how superb this grape juice is. And 
maybe this is a conspiracy, but years later when I got into Ace Attorney, I think somebody in the localization team must have seen this scene, because in Ace Attorney, every wine bottle is called a bottle of grape juice, and I'm pretty sure they're in on the joke. Either way, I think of this scene every time I play an Ace Attorney game. Like, I think... I mean, Good. I wouldn't doubt if they were in on the joke, at least by the time Spirit of Justice came out, and Athena outright acknowledges that when they're talking about grape juice, they're probably talking about the fermented kind. <laughs> like, fucking... There's no way that, uh... <laughs> that they didn't... No, they, there's no way they couldn't do wine in Ace Attorney, because it's a game about murder! Yeah! Mm-hmm. And they even, again, and, I, and they actually do have a character get drunk in Spirit of Justice. Hmm. Well, if you don't know, how are we supposed to? <laughs> yeah, this is where I realized is he called Full Body because he likes wine. My name's Sanjay, yeah. I'm the sous chef. All the waiters ran off yesterday. And I have, yeah. and I have in my notes that Full Body be like that one Michael Scott screen cap. This is a white. You know, you know, <laughs> that, you know, it's going to be an edit. Oh, yeah. yeah. That whole scene where full body guess where full body just does the wrong guess because he had the wine prepared in advance supposedly, the whole scene should just be posted on r slash confidently incorrect. <laughs> uh, and now full body's the full body. Mm. Yep. Boo boo the full body. <laughs> and this is this is where Zeph was like, if you if you don't work here for a year, you'll I'll take your leg. And I was like, well, working here really costs you an arm and a leg, Rinshaw. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, Zeph's a kickmaster. Good. Actually, I can do better than that. Forget there we have go. that. Luffy, don't try to negotiate with the guy you got injured. <laughs> uh, and Aaron said, uh, Meanwhile, Barbie and Ken enjoy a nice bowl of soup. <laughs> I love how confident Sanji is in his walk. So yeah, full body tries to humiliate Sanji. It backfires. He puts a silverfish in his own soup. So, and at first I was like, what kind of soup takes three days to cook? But apparently that's not that's not unusual. Dun, yep. dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are several dishes that take uh, days to cook. Hell, I have a I have a recipe in one of my cookbooks I've been meaning to try one of these days for sour broughton that takes several days to marinate. Funny you mention that. Hmm? Nothing. We're getting ahead of ourselves. And then, because because Full Body's like, you're the cust, I'm the customer, you gotta do what I say! And he just knocks over his own bowl of soup and son, and but he wasted food in front of Sanji, so, hey, Full Body, you done fucked up now! <laughs> I just... Lariato! <laughs> I just want Sanji to put his cigarette out on him. That would require putting a cigarette Please. out. That's not happening. Yes, Sanji wouldn't waste a cigarette on him. <laughs> also, four kids remove the blood from full body's injuries, but that's nothing new by now. Yep. Uh, Zeph, you don't know how stupidly stubborn Luffy is. No, he does not. <laughs> As the other crew members arrive, turns out Sanji whipped full body's ass. Yeah. He, he bodied full body. <laughs> yeah. I'd forgotten how great Sanji was. Yeah, this was a fun episode. I liked Isaku and Johnny's introduction, but Sanji's was amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you dared me to him right away by having him by having him beat up a guy who's shitty customer service workers. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he has, his up, he has his moments, and even after... Yeah. 
Look, after I, these, like, well, I, I we're going to be seeing part of his character trait in the next I've episode. Been warned they lean into the horny too much. Don't worry. Yeah. Like, even with that, he still has plenty of good stuff to yeah, him. Yeah, like, he's not defined by the horny like certain other characters, Meliodas. <laughs> Mineta, Roshi, Rodius. Anyway, episode 21. Japan, Japan, find another joke. Please. Also, this episode, we have a Panda Man sighting. Can you guess where he is? Do that again. Panda Man sighting. Can you guess where he is this time? Uh, is he uh, one of the Baradier customers? He is. Oh. Is, is there more? It was at around 6 minutes and 52 seconds. Oh, okay, yeah, I wouldn't have gotten You can time. clearly see him in view. This... <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Becky, you may need to make a couple logos for this. Or, I'll, I might have Casey. I'll ask Casey if she wants to do it. Because I realize we have a, a thing coming up, but... Uh... See, my first thought was getting was uh, me thinking back to one to One Piece Unlimited Adventure, and I was just thinking of him like clinging to the rock face of the island where Krieg's on. Mm. Uh, mm. Episode twenty-one. Yes. Yeah. Unwelcome customer: Sanji's food and Gin's debt. Four kids title: Respecting Sanji. Okay, this one I straight up don't get. What does that have to do with the episode at all? Sanji's not the focus at all in this one. Also, and also in the preview for this, I had I I imagined full body going, "Don't you lecture me with your thirty dollar haircut." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude, you don't get to piss. <laughs> so this is a member of the Baradier staff, Patty, played by Jeremy Inman, who was Android sixteen. Speaking of thirty dollar haircut. Fuyu Kawaguchi in Desert Punk, Al Capone in Soul Eater, Arms in Oeta Rocket, Taurus in Fairy Tale, Kokomuka in Space Dandy, that sludge pile from the pilot of My Hero, Garnier <laughs> in Gosik, and the owner of Anya's Orphanage in Spy Family. It's Ah, uh, that dickhead. Yep, in Japanese it's Tetsu Inada, who I believe we discussed as he played Richie. Hmm. Alright. So this episode starts off with an introduction to Patty. We already do know who voiced him in the four kids dub, since I just told you. But with that, Rosen, it's time to play America's favorite game. Guess that accent. Yes, we all know about Brooklyn Sanji, but four kids gave these characters some weird accents in their dub. And for three of them specifically, we're going to play a little guessing game. Rosen has never seen the four kids dub, so he has three chances to guess I, I what accent. I have decades ago. Yeah. But not remember them. No, yeah. God, no. So he has three chances to guess what accent Robert O'Gorman gave the chef Patty in that version. Rose Rosen, are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I'm going to go with French. Nope. Southern. Nope. Gay. <laughs> Gay isn't an accent, but also no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm thinking at the time, in 2004, <laughs> that they, actually, they absolutely have a gay accent. Well, the correct answer is... Irish. Irish? Yes, de yes despite being named P-A-T-T-Y oh, instead God of P-A-T-T-Y. Four, Four kids, kids, you turned his name into a slur! Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ! <laughs> Four kids saw Patty to get fit to give Patty the chef an Irish accent. Yeah, because when I look at that motherfucker, I think, oh, that's an Irishman for sure. 
He has green hair. Of course you do. It's blue, goddammit! <laughs> it's blue because it's shaped bald in anime! <laughs> Poor kids, haven't the Irish suffered enough? Mm. This is the Troubles too. God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sanji and Patty at each other's throats already. Thank God the world of One Piece doesn't have Yelp. By the way, we've been going for the hour and a half. <laughs> this is going to be a long, silly episode. I hope you're fucking ready. <laughs> you're not... Oh, God. You're not such a big shot now, are you? Becky, please put spam glasses on full body. Yep. <laughs> I'm adding that to the doc. Also, Patty, shut the fuck up. Full body had this coming. He did. As somebody who briefly worked in retail, we've all dreamed of doing this to an asshole customer. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're in international waters right now, technically, so what are they going to do? No badge? I mean, <laughs> how much fucking water is there in the One Piece universe? Would international waters even apply? A it's, lot. It's like 95% water. <laughs> anyway. You don't even know how big the planet is. Also, also, Patty's greeting was slightly different in the manga. Instead of... I do love his greeting in the anime of hello and welcome you damn crook but but in the in the manga he said with that same smiling tone welcome squid face yeah the world of one piece is just one big massive line of a land circling the world and then the rest is just islands okay so that's where sanji got his temper uh zeph rules if you don't want to fight give it to the kitchen um, I think the kitchen is the worst place to fight, actually. There's knives there, you'll be fine. <laughs> I guess you gotta be pretty hardcore to be a chef for pirates. Yeah. <laughs> when we move into the kitchen for a bit, four kids also changed the wine bottle that Patty was pouring into the wok at one point to be pouring green liquid into it. Huh. I didn't know they made Shrek brand wine. You couldn't call, just call it olive oil? Or no, people, it's yeah. ecto-cooler. People use wine and yeah. all the time! Yeah, just... Yeah, just change it to, if just change it to yellow so it so it looks like oil. Unless that's absinthe, which I'd probably not recommend cooking. No. Again, ecto cooler. I don't think you should be cooking with ecto cooler either. I'm I'll an have milkshake over hard with your finest <laughs> jelly beans. <laughs> so this is being played by yet another convicted sex offender. So instead, in Japanese, it's Kenichi Ono, who was Genghis Frog in TMNT. Aserata in Future GPX Cymer Formula, the Doctor of the Quickshot Contest in Trigun, Gutsman in the Mega Man anime, Minoru Fuji in Hajime no Ippo, Hyena in Kaiji, Risakuma-senpai in Puyo Puyo, and Sanger Zonvolt in Super Robot Wars. In the four kids dub, this took me some digging to find, but apparently, according to the uh, One Piece fan wiki... That bastion of information! Well, yeah, but it was the only one who got his name. I know, it's all we got, but yeah. Gin was voiced by a guy who literally only voiced him, who went by the awesomely bad stage name of Peter Katana. As I said when we were watching this, that's like the guy from the uh, black exploitation movie Horror Express, or I, th- I think it's, I think it's what it is. No, I think Devil's Express. Point is, the guy was named Warhawk Tanzania. I don't know if you thought that was cool or not, but you sound like a fan fiction writer from the mid two thousands, possibly one played by a Canadian video maker. Hmm. <laughs> Peter Chimera. <laughs> ah. uh, 
So Gein wants a meal. Too bad he's got no money. Bullets aren't legal tender here either. Also, mm -hmm. before that, when the Marine, when uh, Isaac, you should probably tell yes. me your trivia about so, lions. So the guy who came in to warn everybody about about Gein's escape, his name is Lines. He is he is the only he's the only Marine in the series who is a seaman first class. In the manga, well, in both versions, he gets shot. In the manga, it's implied that he died because we never see him again. But in the anime, after, like, Gin gets beaten up and whatnot, we see him crawl away with, with full, full body. body. <laughs> with, every other, with every other Marine, their sperm has to fly coach. Like... Seeing as I've seen the four kids dub first, I thought maybe that was just a four kids thing where because he gets kicked from behind and then because he lived, he gets to crawl late way later. But nope, it's a an anime thing. It's actually dumber in the in the Funimation dub. Yeah. When the Marine the Marine runs in and gets shot in the back by Gein, that was changed. And instead of him slumping over because, well, he got shot. It was clumsily edited, so Gein kicked him instead in the four kids' dub. Yeah, he just crawls away. That's actually better. Like, like they poorly animated his leg kicking him and then being drawn back. Every every time I give four kids a modicum of phrase, I yank it away. They also removed him threatening Patty with his gun, as well as the blood on his face. You big disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Sanji edit. What was he cooking? Hmm. <laughs> Sanji, because he's a good dude, feeds the starving man because in his mind, anyone who's hungry is a customer. How difficult it is to survive. Golden Corral's new slogan. <laughs> like this little moment where Sun... Yeah, this little moment is great because he believes people shouldn't go hungry on the ocean. We'll get to that later. So naturally, Luffy wants him on his crew. Yeah. Uh... When Sun... Also, when Sanji mentioned the customers coming just to watch fights between the customers and the chefs, I just thought of that bit from Ice Age. Hey, look at that. Dinner and a show. <laughs> Speaking of walk hard, though, when when Gin was saying how scary the Grand Line was, I was like, you don't want none of this Grand Line shit, Monkey D. Luffy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I want to try it. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so Zeph turns out he used to be a pirate, and this ship is his treasure. Going by last time, it's probably going to sink to the bottom. Hmm. Not everyone loses their treasure in this anime. I mean, Luffy still has his. True, true. <laughs> Customers are coming here to watch the fights. What is this, hockey? Hmm. No, it's Waffle House. No, that's later. <laughs> oh. Sanji can't join, and Luffy takes it the usual way Luffy does. Actually, no. Dude got shot. Dude got shot near the entrance, so it's probably the Denny's that's near me. There you go. <laughs> for those who don't know, for those who don't know, the closest Denny to me, uh, a uh, guy got shot in the parking lot, and the people behind it just recently got uh, found guilty. So, yeah. Uh, another one of the chefs is Carne, played by Charles Campbell, who was the narrator in Golden Boy. Garnef in the Fire Emblem OVA, the old man in the Sonic anime movie, uh, the old excuse me, the old man owl in the Sonic animated movie, uh, Cats in Escaflone, Robert Meyer in Red Garden, Soichi Usozaki in Darker Than Black, Mana Walker in D Gray Man, Santa in Oida Rocket, Wakabamine in Fairy Tale, Toyohisa Senguji in Psychopaths, Watanabe the Tree Dude in Devil, 
Kiyoshi in Ass Class, Gran Torino in My Hero, Avery Richmond in Ancient Attorney, and Professor Big Gelato in Love After World Domination. In Japanese, it's Shinobu Sato... In Japanese, it's Shinobu Satochi, who was Peter Sam in Thomas and Friends. Excuse me, Peter and Sam in Thomas and Friends. The dude that tried to claim Usagi broke his leg in Sailor Moon. <laughs> Fox McCloud in Star Fox, and Dr. Wright in Smash. In the four kids dub, set the counter to two, it's Sean Schimmel. He also voiced Tomepo earlier. Yeah. But more importantly, Rosen, it's time for round two of America's favorite game. Guess that accent. What kind of accent do you suppose that Sean Schimmel gave Carne? You have three chances. Boston. Nope. Southern? Nope. Smoker. The correct answer is Mexican. Oh God, no! no. Because <laughs> yes, his name is pretty indicative that he'd be given a bad Spanish Fuck. accent. He could be four kids, you racist pieces of shit. Also, he could be Italian. Carne is also the Italian word for meat, as we learned from JoJo. Yes, but we yeah. know how that went. Uh... Specifically, I'm pretty sure that Sean was going for Cheech Marin here. Oh God. Which every non-Latin voice actor seems to do when they want to do a Spanish accent for fucking, whatever reason. Fucking shit, man. That's horrible. Yeah, That's insulting it, to Mexi to all Mexicans, and especially Cheech Marin. And especially yeah. the one you're dating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not great, honestly. Yeah. All due respect to Sean Schemmel, but this was a bad call. No, no you put that on the director. Yeah. We get Don Creek's backstory because uh, Carney's a backstory machine. He's a scary Pretty dude. Much. That's the backstory. <laughs> Chef fight! In regards to Patty and Carne, it's an old line, but it fits. You know they fight a lot, but the makeup sense is fantastic. Outstanding. <laughs> well, as long as they're not fucking in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Gene dips look, and... I, I, look, PSA, folks, I know it seems sexy and impulsive, but please don't fuck where you prepare your food. No. <laughs> uh. So Gein dips and Luffy's put to work. Sanji's method of evidence disposal needs work. Yeah. I really like this exchange between Gein and Sanji here, and it hits even better later. <laughs> this is the nicest he's ever been to a man, though, considering how he yeah. is later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get, and then we get the scene, which is about what you'd expect from Luffy being a bus boy. Luffy, don't pick your nose in the kitchen. You know there's a running gag about anime food looking great, but man, does that food look amazing. Yeah. yeah. As Luffy... I, I don't think Luffy knows how dishwashing works. Yeah. Chore boy, how many dishes have you broken? You know I forgot to count. <laughs> how many breads have you made? <laughs> like, like, Luffy, have you ever... No, have you ever even watched people do dishes? I mean, to be fair, he was being distracted by the conversation about Sanji. Also, yeah. I think we learn his backstory, his uh, childhood later. Yes, it's in the next batch. <laughs> really? Uh, I, I, and I gotta... Go ahead. Well, okay. The childhood stuff doesn't come until way later. Thinking, but the yes. stuff is, But the thing with... The stuff with him and Zeph is in the next batch. Uh, I, yes. I meant Luffy, not Sanji. Oh, I'm um, sorry. <laughs> no, Luffy is in for a long while. That's what I thought, yeah. I thought you were I, talking about Sanji earlier. <laughs> And I gotta say, between all the dishes that Luffy's breaking and the dish that Sanji disposed of, it, Brody is gonna need a shit ton more 
shit ton more more, more crockery. Yep. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at this rate, they'll just be grabbing any plate they can to serve to serve the food on. I love that, mm. uh, that Zoro, Nami, and Usopp just see this as a chance to get some nice food. Well, yeah. Gotta get some to eat. <laughs> uh, Luffy, that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. This is a weird thing to point out, but I'm pretty sure that when Luffy put his booger into Zoro's glass in the manga, it was more than one booger. Oh, God. I don't, <laughs> Either... don't want to... Either way, it's funny that Zoro turns it around on him. <laughs> and Sanji just had the same reaction in Nami that I do. I was about to... I, my note for that was, Sanji starts hitting on Nami. Huh. Rosen, I didn't know you were in this anime. <laughs> oh, you think I wouldn't be the first one to make those jokes? Yeah. I do love, uh, I do love Sanji's line of finish pouring it yourself in regards to the wine. This is the uh, this is the other major thing I know about I knew about Sanji going in. Same. I this is the thing that I was like I know this gets bad now, but I'll just enjoy it for now. He just wants to see some girls. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the Sanji hopeless romantic, let's call it, stuff is a running gag, and I, like I said, I know it gets really bad later, but I, I'm just gonna try and ignore it for now. Um, which is now what. For now, but, it's mostly endearing. Which is why it surprised me when I went to look at the ship tags on AO3, and the top ship in all of One Piece is him and another dude. Zoro. Zoro. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Becky, because, they bicker. Yeah, because they fight. They're like brothers, so they must be like lovers. <laughs> no. Look, I am not. I I am not the first. I, look, I'm not the one who should be judging on. On what you can and can't ship in Yowie, so long as they're not related or hmm. or pedophilic. Yeah. Look, so, for all I know, maybe I'll end up shipping Sanji and Zoro. Who knows? Um, I probably would have shipped him with Gene if he if he yeah whatever. Gene was a character. Later. But yeah, uh, holy shit! Zeph just lets Zan Sanji join the crew. Sanji just not look thrilled. So this is our villain of the arc, Don Krieg. He's played by Andy Mullins. Who was Father Cornello in FMA, Joji Hajimoto, Joji Hamamoto in Detective Conan, uh, Nankobo Tenkai in Basilisk, Yajil in Fairy Tale, and Jiro Asada in Tokyo Ghoul. In Japanese, he's Fumihiko Takchiki, who is the god tier kaiji narrator, as well as the nice. narrator for Cromarty and the narrator for Love After World Domination. He's also Gendo Ikari. <laughs> oh god. That's really fitting. Yep. Kignan Ramza in Zeta Gundam, Gelmar in Devilman, Whiskers the Random Cartoon Cat in Last Action Hero, <laughs> Ralph the Guard in Animaniacs, <laughs> Chaos in Battle Arena Toshinden, Galon in Darkstalkers, Lieutenant Surge, Ludicolo, and Professor Birch in Pokemon, Tiny Tiger in Crash Bandicoot, Bakuryu in Bloody Roar, The Yeti in Monsters, Inc., Kratos in Tales of Symphonia, Kenpachi in Bleach, Yangus in Dung Yangus in Dragon Quest VIII, Mac in Cars, Lexeus in Kingdom Hearts, Sloth in FMA, Isao Katsuragi in Yakuza 4, Sweet Tooth in PlayStation All-Stars, Gil in Street Fighter, Tarada in Mob Psycho, and Roquefort in Hi and Roquefort in Hi-Fi Rush. Hmm. In the four kids dub, Don Krieg was Mark Thompson, a voice actor with a long career and not just with four kids. He was Kevin and Mr. DiMartino in Daria. Hi, Aaron. Whoa. Huh. Kid Muscle in Ultimate Muscle. Nice. 
Duke Devlin, Raphael, Valen, and Gensley of the Big Five in Yu-Gi-Oh! As well as, Bak as well as Bakura's dad in Dark Side of Dimensions. Oh, hey, Bakura's dad. I forgot he was a character. He wasn't. Hey. <laughs> Casey Jones in the 2003 TMNT series. Matsy of Team Magma, Saturn, and Attila in Pokemon. Cobra Commander and Destro in G.I. Joe Sigma-6. Chaz Princeton, Young Kagemaru, Ojama Green, Chumway's Dad, Dimitri, Sarder, The D, and many other characters in Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. Roman Goodwin, Sayer slash Divine, and Tenzin Yanagi in Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds. Astral in Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu Zeal. Tao In, aka Tao Ren's father, in both dubs of Shaman King. Megatron and Skybite in Transformers Cyberverse. And the taxi driver in Tokyo Godfathers, and many, many other roles. Though personally, what I know him best for is being a narrator for a lot of Star Wars audiobooks, though he didn't huh. actually play a Star Wars character until Visions, where he played that red demon-looking guy in the short with the band. He's a brilliant narrator, though. He imitates most of the Star Wars movie cast flawlessly. Cool. And apparently Kreeks hold up in the Cave of Wonders. Okay, it's a ship's figurehead, but that image was still pretty funny. Yeah. Oh boy, field trip to Baradier. <laughs> like that that ominous way that Gin said, "I'll take you to the ocean-going restaurant." It's like I'll, I'll bring you a kid's meal. <laughs> no, no, they're only going there for a single coffee. Yeah, <laughs> and then leaving. Creek orders the coffee and <laughs> throws it in Gin's face. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good episode. Yeah, it would. Yeah, I think I think the best part was seeing Luffy try to bust tables. Yeah. Uh, I, I look forward to go. seeing more of Sanji, but I but honestly, the foreboding shit you guys are saying is making me worry. Mm. Again, he's got some great stuff. It's just that one aspect tends to overshadow parts of it later on. Yeah. Mostly during the time skip. Anyway, let's move on to episode Not 22. Quite. Okay. All this food talks made me hungry as Luffy, so let's head over to Sanji's kitchen and see what Casey's cooking. Hey guys! I'm Casey, this is Sanji's kitchen, and we're doing uh, fried rice. Well, technically, this should be corned beef fried rice, but the recipe doesn't indicate that. Keep in mind when you're using the cookbook, which is probably gonna be here. This thing does not tell how what temperature to do for stovetop senses. Do I need to put it on a medium or a medium high? So I'm putting it on medium uh, high. Yeah, could hurt. Just in case, but also here's the one corn breath. I'm roughly guessing this is about two ounces worth. Oh, if you're wondering why this is a portion. Ah. So much it's a sack of blood. Now the recipe usually does call for mushrooms, but I haven't tried mushrooms and since I don't want to cut a full onion, you can use mince onions, which are a nice substitute. So I did about what I believe is two ounces of corned beef, and we're going to just slowly up the cutting board. The nice thing about cooking is it's experimentation. I also hear that sizzle. Yeah. Basically, we're going to cook this beef until all of it's fully cooked, then we're going to be adding all the eggs and stuff. We're also cooking the rice. I'm going to quickly show you how I prepared my rice and how you should safely prepare your rice. As remember, always wash your rice. And I know I'm going to say that in the little flashback video, but it's true. Also, hear the sound of the sizzling meat. 
We're gonna let this cook for I don't know how long, but we're gonna try and make sure everything is a eternal temperature of, I believe, 165. That's correct. Yeah, it just says till done. Until done. Yeah, basically like that. So when cooked. Yeah, when cooked. So we'll see you. Hopefully, it's more fully cooked. This is fully cooked, and also as the rice is still cooking. We'll see you in just a quick second. How are you going? All right, we're gonna let the beef cook. So what we're gonna do is we're going to beat our eggs. Oh, I swear you can or cannot wear gloves. I like to wear gloves because it's can be messy. So we're gonna crack our eggs like so. Drop them. This is how you don't get eggshells spilled, kids. See, look at that. Perfect crack. No pieces. Look at. Can you see any eggshell in that? I don't think so. Egg fact! Now sometimes you can use a whisk, sometimes you can use a fork. We're gonna go with forks, so you're gonna make sure you break the yolk strokes, and then you're gonna beat them. Gonna... Mainly because if we're doing fried rice, this recipe calls for these to be eggs to be beaten like crazy. You want to beat this, shake this, and beat this like can't think of a good analogy at the moment. Jim Ross used to say government mule. No. Also, making sure to keep an eye on the beef to make sure that it is not frying. I know that some of the onions are starting to get burnt, but it's okay. Hey, that's fine. Okay. That looks beaten enough. We're gonna go look at the beef here real quick. Yes, I know that some of these are burnt, but it's okay. But also, look how a couple of these put that nice chart on the side of it. Mm -hmm. Whenever you're in the kitchen, you just need one of these. These will tell you the internal temperatures of everything. And the one that we have to be on is around 160 for a beef. So we're going to poke one very carefully. 165? 165 is poultry. Okay. Well, but also, each temperatures on here are going to be completely different. I don't care if this may or may not be in focus. Fair enough. But we're, we want a sweet temperature between 160 and 170. So we're going to stick it in one, like so. We're actually, I knew these would be medium rare. Just by touching it. But it's okay. We're just going to leave this off to the side. We're going to add, just in case, we're going to add a little bit. I've been trying to add more vegetable oil to this as we're cooking it. Just in case. I know this is to add more into our sweet but because we have different chops of the beef. Can happen in the sandwich, but it's okay. It's all good. And to make sure we still keep this nice and fresh, you're gonna put the. We're gonna do another half tablespoon of. It's only time we're gonna spray it over like so. We'll save the last half when we mix everything in together. This will probably take maybe a couple more minutes, but otherwise, it's coming along kind of well. Smells really good. Yay! Since we're now at the point, I feel like we're going to be comfortable, plus we don't want the rest of the mint onions to burn, plus it looks like these are already starting to get to a nice medium rare, medium, so that's still safe to eat the brisket. We are going to now, I kid you not, we're going to put our mixed beaten eggs into the other side. We mix everything on this side, so we have to gently pour over here. And we've also lowered the temperature down to about a medium. Oh, that's too much oil. It's okay. Okay, it's okay. Be very, very careful with your uh, onions. Oh, it's already starting to burn, but we're going to try and cut as much rice as we can. Well, let's so do it. We're going to pick out the two and make nice though. And then we'll cover that rice. Now let's, uh, I think this is good. Now we get to mix everything. Yeah! We're making chaos. 
so much chaos. Honestly, is it weird that the eggs make it look very, very cheesy? No, it's fine. It, it looks, it smells really ridiculously good, actually. Ew, we're it. First, we're gonna actually do this, since we're still letting this cook, we're gonna add the remaining half of the onion. And if you're wondering how I got the measurements, just look online, minced onion to regular onion. It calls for about a tablespoon each, so we managed to do about three. So a little bit more onion, but it's still good. We're next gonna be adding our salt. I'm using Himalayan so uh, so pink salt because I prefer the taste of it. We're gonna make sure we give it a nice, generous amount of salt, but not too much. Close for a half, tablespoon, or half a teaspoon. Too bad. And Black pepper taste. And also, if you wanted to, we'll add, add any other seasonings if you want to as well. Honestly, if I want to, and I think I'm going to, because this should actually complement it very well. Garlic powder? Hell yeah. We're going to add a little bit of garlic powder to complement the taste of it all. Like so. And then, the very last thing that we need... Drizzle in soy sauce from the side of the pan. To the side of the pan, which we're going to just... Get and mix briefly. We're just going to put everything over here off yeah, to like the this. side. Like this, see? Just lit like that. We're gonna go over here, like so. And then these about a, t a, teas a teaspoon and a half. So we're doing the one teaspoon, like so. It's a drizzle. It's a, and we're gonna set it a one and a half. Right, but it's just to drizzle it in. I don't know the measurements to drizzle. So fucking ah, it went on me. Honestly, is it weird that because the egg is mostly gone, I can't tell where it ends or where it begins. All I know is that we currently have a burnt mess. It smells delicious. That doesn't seem burnt to me. How about the mint on you, this bitch? Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, tell yeah, the point point to me. Yeah, mince onions, bitch. No, tell that to the minced onions, bitch. Tell that that... I had a thing and you ruined it! How did I really ruin it? Me! Anyway. Love you. Love you. Else, but also, look, look at this already. Uh, again, looks, it smells great. Alright. A bit more there. And. And it says to garnish it with green onions, but we don't have that at the moment. So we will probably garnish it probably with, with something else, but I honestly I feel like this would be okay. So at the very end, we have Sanji's fried rice, and hopefully we do a comparison between how it looks it in the anime and this. Well, let's find out. At least we'll try. But also... Go ahead and taste it. You should taste it. You should have the first bite. All right. I'll have the first bite of it. Hot. It's really good, huh? You added a lot of salt. No, a lot, lot. Note to self, if you get corned beef and it says that it's saturated in a packet full of uh, water and brine, and it has salt. Don't add salt. Don't add a lot of salt. Hey, you didn't even add a lot of salt. I sprinkled a little bit, not a lot. We're going to try the rice and the egg first. Yep. So. Is it weird that the egg is non-existent? That's that's more of a fried rice. It's like the aperitif. I just a lot of burnt onion. That's okay. <laughs> hey, for the first attempt, I think you did pretty good. I think honestly, I think you should try this again someday. <sighs> yeah, but honestly, I feel like um, 
I think we're gonna have, also have Rosa try in just a moment. Yeah. But honestly, as a critique of what, what I approve of this. Yep. Uh, honestly, should, we should leave the minced onions last, not have a cookie beforehand, just let the core beef cook yep. its own, or cook, cook it beforehand. And less salt. And less salt. Not to mention, could probably add other seasonings. Honestly, I usually when I do beef products, I like to add like a little bit of paprika. So paprika would have also helped improve the flavor as well. Um, eggs, the recipe calls for two beating eggs. I recommend doing about three beating eggs to help uh, with the flavors a bit. But otherwise, do we have any rankings for this show? If you want to do the tier system, that's fine. Well, on a, on a normal scale system of our tiers with S, 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 A, B, yes. S being superior and Saji approved and F being a failure to the point where we want to just toss it to the other side of the ocean. The ocean. Um, I'd say for my first attempt for this one, I want to just give it just a D. At Whoa. least I tried. I, let, let me be the... I'm going to have my own rating, too. Granted, I'm going to be biased because it's my wife. Okay, now we have my wonderful husband eating it. Oh, that's amazing. You're running out the salt, and yeah, I'm tasting the burn. But I think trying this again would be a great idea because the actual rice itself is really good. Let's try the beef. I know. It's about medium rare, so that's not bad for the corned beef. It's pretty tasty. <laughs> what do you give for the S rankings? Do you think it's Sanji approved or do you feel like we should toss it in the ocean? I would give it a B. Uh, really? You would give it a B? I think... I love fried rice normally. I think... Have it, if you didn't burn the onion... I'm trying not to be critiquing. If the onions <laughs> weren't burned, if there was less salt, this would be an S for sure. This is Biz Sanji's kitchen. And now back to the show. Quick note, if you actually don't want to make this a full meal, that's gonna be fine. Honestly, this would be nice as a side dish. Excuse me, Back to you guys, I guess. Wait, if I'm video, your audio guys are audio. Do we exist simultaneously? <laughs> oh my god! That was delicious. Episode twenty-two, the strongest pirate fleet, Commodore Don Krieg. So he's with the Commodores, so I guess Krieg is a brick house. <laughs> Ow. Also, four kids title, Recipe for Disaster. Boo. I'm shocked it took this long. Apparently they had some food puns left over from fighting foodons, because that one was stale. <laughs> Damn it. You know, Zeph, when you lay it out like that, Sanji's not exactly a modern employee. Thankfully he's hell of a chef. Zeph, you flirt with every woman under 80 who comes through here. Ah, I guess Sanji doesn't mind a cougar. But thankfully, I'm going to assume over 18. Yeah. Uh, Sanji only hears the insults to his cooking, and he gets thrown into the crew's table. They still have all their food, though. So, in the manga, or at least the Viz translation... Or, do, you want to, do you want to say this, or should I, I say? You go ahead. crap mean, Eli? What? So whatever could you... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, in the manga, or at least the Viz translation, Sanji used the word crap a lot. He called Patty crap cooker. He called Zeph crap geezer. So naturally, in the four kids dub, he said crud a lot instead. Between that and the hair, he's like if number four from the K&D grew up and became a chef. And yet he's not <laughs> Van Diskin. No, that... 
No, Ben Diskin was number one. And number two. Uh, number and number was two. D- yeah. Uh, number four was D. Bradley Baker. Oh, okay. right. Tr- trust hmm. me, I did not spend a few years of the ki- Codename Kids Next Door fandom and encounter a shocking amount of drama in there for me to forget that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, uh... Let's see. Uh, I got a hundred years of kicking your ass left in me. Luffy only heard the hmm. thing about how he can join. Yeah. Uh, Usopp being pissed and being like, Take him out, Zoro! You're gonna regret this! Take him out, Zoro! Usopp with the Mike Wazowski passing the butt defense. Really? One of these days I am gonna really teach... One of these days I am really gonna let you teach that guy a lesson. Really? (laughs) Right in front of Nami's salad? Yeah. Gotta say, Nami's titted her way into a free meal. Good for her. Uh, the kick Sanji gave Luffy was hysterical. Yeah. Sanji being a shameless horn dog has its advantages for Nami. Yeah. So it's been four days. Luffy's still working, and you know, it just occurred to me, y'all may want to help Luffy? No? Okay. He's the captain. He takes responsibility. Fair enough. <laughs> well, either way, Luffy's ship sense tingles. Ah, oh, balls. That flag means death! Wrong pirate show. Now, this show hasn't gotten explicitly queer yet. <clears throat> never mind that ship. Here comes Krieg! Don't you mean never mind that ship? <laughs> Boo. When Usopp is saying not to panic. Yeah. So, that moment when where Krieg's first ship first shows up is incredible in terms of atmosphere. You have this pirate who's got a reputation for being one of the most deadly in the East Blue, and he comes in on a ship that's been wrecked to hell and back, coming in out of the fog, almost like he's riding a ghost ship. And then you come in and you find out Krieg is just as wrecked as the ship was. Yep. The ship's name is the Dreadnought Saber. It's a good name. Or what's left of it. Yep. Uh, a tornado hurricane, Luffy says. You know, in One Piece, it, uh, I'm pretty sure a Sharknado would be a legitimate danger. Yeah. Anyone else think yeah. Krieg is modeled after Ron Perlman here? Possibly. <laughs> so Krieg's starving and needs food and water, and this time they've got money. Hmm. Everyone is shocked that Krieg's not murdering them all, but y'all need to take your wins when you can. Yeah. Yeah? Like, Krieg is literally begging, Jesus fuck. So... Because Sanji, of course, wants, need, of course, feeds him immediately. Four kids cut out the scene where Sanji kicks Patty in the face and knocks him out. Why? I'm, again, I'm on it. For two of these characters, I'm honestly amazed that four kids let them get away with anything because that's how he fights with kicks. And for some reason, they didn't censor Carne's story of how Don Krieg rose to become ruler of the East Blue, despite the fact that it involved stabbing a Marine to death. Yeah, he faked being Marine, took a Marine vessel, and used treachery and secrecy to win. He's also unbeatable in combat and will do anything to Ladiata! <laughs> it was that sudden. So yeah, yeah, he immediately lariats the shit out of Sanji, but not before eating fistfuls of rice with his bare hands. Well, Sanji didn't give him a spoon. So. True. Also, four kids remove Sanji hitting his head on the floor when he gets sent flying. Because, you know, that was the only injury people were concerned about. I mean, head injuries are a thing. I, I should know. Yeah. Uh, but you know what's a worse injury? Krieg getting his fucking arm smashed. Or 
literally squeezed and breaking. Dan got his arm smashed, this not Cree. I meant by Cree. God. Yeah. You gave me your word. What word? He's Cree. He, you cheated, pirate. <laughs> Apparently, Cree. Apparently, Krieg's fleet is just straight up gone. Like, this is all he has left. Unfortunately, he's in the market for new ships, and the Barati looks mighty nice right now. Uh, Krieg tells the chef... It was chefs. I was going to say chiefs, but no, it's chefs. Krieg tells the chefs to feed the hundred men starving on a ship, or he'll kill them all. Krieg's got an intimidation dice that's just all 20s. Well, it's he can back it up, because he's got fucking got guns everywhere on his body. Yeah. Uh, also, by the way, yeah. Actually, you first. So, I like I like how when some of the chefs try to stop Sanji from going to cook it, cook them in food, they all have pole arms except for a few that have watts instead of knives on the end of their they all poles. Have forks, knives, and spoons. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Sacrifice a monster and get life points back? <laughs> <laughs> Also, naturally, four kids pulled the spears back so they weren't at Sanji's neck. Come on! It just seems like the most pointless change. Just sell the show! Mm. You're clearly I, the worst Again, could they this. legally do that? That's the thing. I gotta know, four kids, which show were you trying to get that this was a package deal with? Watch me fucking fighting food on or some bullshit. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, please do. Uh... The lesson is, never help anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Sanji, the fucking baller, says he'll cook all hundred meals himself. And yeah, the uh, image of everyone holding giant silver words, Sanji. Padgett's like, fuck, fuck your morals, I want to survive. Yeah, he pulls out a shrimp-themed bazooka called the Meatball of Doom. Meatball of Doom! Like, he even says it in Japanese, it's great. Yeah. It doesn't work, but it's cool. Like, he's basically got, uh, the gun they gave power in that one, uh, in Nikkei. Shit. And the motherfucker has gun armor. Yeah. I am by far the world's strongest man. You're not Mark Henry. It's also really funny considering some of the shit we're gonna see later. Yeah, it's always, things are funnier in hindsight. Yeah. And you can kind of excuse it as, like, ignorance. I... <clears throat> Oh, yeah, you can kind of excuse it as pirate ignorance of what lies outside of their sea. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, also, Kree is the biggest fish in the smallest pond possible. Yeah. Also, originally, Krieg was supposed to be a cyborg. Hmm. There's like, fun, frankly, there's concept draft of him hmm. as a cyborg named Krieg 9000. Nice. <laughs> uh,. Eli and I at the same time. This is how Trump sees himself. No, I think I think that was uh, I think that was you and Ariel. Oh, I was me and Ariel. But yeah, yeah. And then he says, "I am done." That's not helping. Yeah. In the manga, when when uh, Patty hits him with the meatball of doom, he's he suggests smearing the sides of Krieg's ship with butter and setting it on fire. To which Don Krieg sarcastically went, "Sounds delicious, Chef!" As he walked back through the door unharmed. I like that better, honestly. Yeah. Uh, also, of course, four kids remove the bit where four Creek shot at the chefs, as well as their injuries from it in the next episode. Again, I'm amazed they let Creek do anything because his power is basically I have a lot of weapons. Though, for some reason, they did recolor his pistols, but none of his other mounted weapons because reasons. 
because they, they don't look okay. like they're done enough. Okay, quick googling, and while I'm not, well, apparently the actual details of whether or not One Piece was part of a package deal are kind of sketchy. It seems the best guess for what show Four Kids was wanting so badly was Ojimajo Doremi. Wow. Magical Doremi. Yeah. Yeah, Ojimajo Doremi, which they like, which they released as a magical Doremi. They they really, cause they really wanted something that would appeal more to girls. Didn't they have Mew Mew at this point? I think they did. What the, mm. And Winks. What the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> How did this company survive at all? Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. God damn it. Ugh. But yeah, by God, that's Zeph's me. Oh wait, he's Zeph's just gonna give him food. Apparently, he used to be called Red Foot Zeph. In the manga, he was called Red Shoe Zeph, but for the same reason. For some reason, I thought it was Red Leg Zeph. Oh, that's later. <laughs> oh. Okay. Cause yeah, uh, yeah, this episode's really good. Yeah. Yeah, Don Krieg makes a hell of an entrance, despite how gaudy the gold armor is, but I do appreciate the diamond fist. <laughs> I will say, Don Krieg is the funniest of the East Blue villains, if, unintentionally so. Bunny Buggy yeah. is the intentionally funniest. Krieg is just like, I am the world's strongest man. Meanwhile, every character in the Grand Line is just cackling. <laughs> world's yeah. strongest man. You're not Artie. Oh, good. You guys, you guys, yeah, I got my Mark Henry joke in. Uh, any other thoughts on episode 22? No. Right. Good build-up for what yeah. we're about to see. Episode 23, Protect Baradier, the Great Pirate Redfoot Zeph. Four kids title, The Red-Footed Pirate. I'm sorry, compared to the actual title, that just sounds generic. It really <laughs> does. Zeph is fucking awesome, is my first note. The Great Don Krieg was defeated? I mean, have you seen the state of his ship? Have you seen Don Krieg? Yeah. I think that's pretty obvious. Like Don Krieg reminds me of Earthquake from the WWF. He was he would never succeed. He never won any of his big feuds. He was just big and intimidating. He was he was the world's greatest jobber. The Green Line really chews East Blue pirates up and spits them out. Huh? Yeah, it'd, it'd be doing that. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, that face from Krieg. Yeah. So apparently. I had a better line for the world's strongest man thing in a man thing in a second. Krieg, I've seen more of this series. The other pilots and the pirates in the Grand Line would use your golden ass for a footstool, and one of them did. <laughs> nice. Uh, apparently, Zeph was a fighter who exclusively used his feet, so much so that his boots would be stained red with the blood of his enemies, hence his name. That's metal as fuck. Yeah. <sighs> Uh-oh, Krieg wants to be king, so now Luffy's got to step in. Mm -hmm. Luffy I just call can't... fucking dibs! Luffy just can't wait to be king. Uh, yeah, uh... Zeph ain't phased for shit, and Zeph refuses yeah. to hand over the logbook detailing his voyage on the Grand Line. Don Krieg does... Okay, anytime I expect you to say doesn't take it well, just, just assume I do, because I'm saying it a lot. Yeah. Bold talk from a man with no resources left. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh, Luffy, take the damn apron off. Yeah. He's still on the. He's still on the clock. He can't. 
Kind of sounds like you suck, Krieg. Yeah. So, back on the Going Merry, we kind of we glazed over this when we were watching it, but we get a weird Sasunaru kiss moment with Yosaku and Johnny, because that joke was apparently still funny at the time. It was, well, I don't know if it was in the manga, but this was, this was still the 2000s. Yeah. The early 2000s. Yeah. May 3rd. Wow. <laughs> May 3rd, 2000? Yep. Wow, yeah. Then yeah, that would totally fit. <laughs> uh, oh, here comes Zoro and Usopp. Where's Nami? <gasps> Usopp to Luffy. Do you understand the concept of danger? Usopp, it's Luffy. Of course he doesn't. <laughs> so Krieg goes to feed his men, leaving the cooks to either leave or die. He doesn't care which. Uh, so yes, all of Krieg's massive fleet was wiped out by one man, Hawkeye Mihawk. And apparently it's and apparently it's because they disturbed his nap. <laughs> and it looks like Zoro's no Zoro knows this one man army. Get a bit ahead, but yeah. Uh back with Johnny and Yosuku, they're watching the boat. Nami is distracted, let's say. Uh Gein, you should really get your arm looked at and not pound it onto the onto the fucking floor, Jesus Christ. Every cook on this restaurant did what uh, <clears throat> every cook on this restaurant did what they thought was right. Zeph rules. Mm. And he's the only one defending Sanji. Fuck yeah, Patty. Fuck yeah, other cooks. Mm. I like that Sanji's philosophy is are they fed? Good. Now I can kick their asses guilt free. Well yeah. See? This guy's awesome, huh? Agreed. Mm. But yeah, the fleet was taken out by Carmen San Diego. <laughs> And Zoro is literally shaking. Yeah. Hawkeye was the guy Zoro set out to look for. The greatest swordsman in the world, yep. currently. Anything can happen on the Grand Line. It's like Vegas. Hmm. Luffy is, of course, pumped. <laughs> I'm the only As he should. Line from Zoro. I'm the only one who gets to call me stupid. Shockingly good grammar for that statement. <laughs> Oh, right. The fucking warship at their door. Yeah. Just kind of breezing through this episode. Krieg's crew didn't realize that they're going back, and they uh, they don't get a choice. Yeah, obviously four kids removed on Krieg shooting the guy that questioned him. That one I get. Just have him shoot in the air. It's so easy. <laughs> I, I really just thought, just imagine Krieg going, Pirates, tonight we dine in hell! This place doesn't look too bad. Yeah. But uh-oh. Who's that coming up over the horizon and carving Krieg's galleon up like a Christmas turkey? Yeah. Uh, oh, right. The warship at their door. Yeah, and then, uh, green can... Oh, shit. A roving Jehovah's Witness. Oh, that is not a Jehovah's Witness. Motherfucker slice the warship instantly. <laughs> Damn. Big-ass cross with, with all those jewels on it. Looks like, looks like Nicholas D. Wolfwood got a bedazzler. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, the animation on the ship destruction is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. and to make matters worse for our heroes, apparently Nami took the Going Merry and just sailed off yeah. after dumping Yasaku and Johnny in the ocean. What do you the mean, fuck, Nami's Nami? God? What do you mean she took the ship? Luffy, Zoro, and Usopp with the triple. You what? <laughs> you what? <laughs> uh, look at this fucking insane entrance from Mihawk. Uh, because, yeah, it turns out Krieg didn't return from the Grand Line alone. Somebody followed him home. 
He's this bitch comes in riding in a tiny Jack Sparrow lifeboat that's also a coffin. <laughs> With Gotta candles. Admire Gotta admire commitment to the aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, I mean his name is Dracul Miha. I was getting to that, but yes. <laughs> yeah, um <laughs> This is mainly just a setup for future things, but it works really well. Yeah. It, mm -hmm. It's good setup. It's good yeah, character it's... development for Zeph and Sanji. It's good setup for Mihawk as an intimidating force. And it's yeah. good to see Krieg get his fucking ass handed to him. This will be happening a yeah. lot. This episode was honestly probably the weakest of the set, and even it had some great moments, yeah. like Mihawk slicing up the flagship. It's why we had a lot, like, a lot less to say about it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know what we have to, a lot more to say about? Episode 24. Hawkeye Mihawk, the great swordsman Zoro falls at sea. Four kids title, the better swordsman. <laughs> Come on, you're not even trying. I, okay, Becky, I got one for you. Zoro, Daniel, Mihawk, the cooler Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I ran that down. Usopp, what you say? Creek, you have no chance to survive. Make your time. <laughs> yeah, hell of an intro to this one. Uh, just zooming through the sea and sky. Johnny, Yosuku, what the fuck happened? Here's what happened. We had one job! One job! Here's what happened. So Nami was looking at a wanted poster for some guy called Arlong, which is apparently a 20 million berry bounty. Nami decided to play on their horniness and ask them to turn around as she could change to steal the ship. Again, I'd fall for this. So, Rosen, how do you think four kids handled this scene? Oh, they cut the, they cut the shirt part completely out. Wrong. It was completely unchanged. What? <laughs> yeah, I actually, yeah, I actually got curious, and the Internet Archive has four kids one piece on it, so I hunted down this episode to see this part for myself. Yeah, for some reason, four kids thought this joke was a okay for kids, but the violence, nah, I gotta cut all that out. I'm not saying cutting out either is better. It's the inconsistency that gets me. My brain hurts. Anyway, Nami decided to play on their horniness to steal this shit. I said that, yeah. Oh, please, Nami. You say that like you're not going to run into them again. And oh, right, and the destruction. Nami did say she wasn't fully joining the crew to, from the start, so you can't say she lied. Yep. Uh, Luffy sends Usopp and Zoro off as he refuses to accept anyone else as their navigator. He's determined. You got to give him that. Hey, look, if he knew how to do, if he knew how to do puppy dog eyes, he'd be doing those right now. Hey, look, a floating coffin, but uh, and with that floating coffin, looks like Zoro needs to stay behind for a bit. Yeah. Uh, Zeph kind of sounds like uh, Ed Asner's portrayal as Cosgrove from Freakazoid. Hmm. Rest in peace. Yes. Hmm. Uh, this Dracula-looking motherfucker is fittingly Dracul Mihawk. He's played by Dr He's played by John Gramillion, who is the title character in Vampire Hunter D. Now that's just fitting. Admiral Sadaki Munatake in Martian Successor Nadesco, Aesop in Excel Saga, Kohei the, sweat the swearing Ooh. Elvis hot dog guy in Abenabashi. You want a fucking hot dog? <laughs> get some fucking mustard on it. <laughs> Jack Gilliam in Chrono Crusade, uh, Roa in FMA, Yutaka Takanochi in Cromarty High. Told you, Becky. Eh? The Cabbie in Ghost Stories, Bruce Dockley in Coyote Ragtime Show, Kenneth in Darker Than Black, uh, Vittorio in D. Grayman, Arthur Randall in Black Butler, Coctopus Prime in Panty and Stocking, 
Gentle my. Criminal in My Hero, The Ear and Halfton in High Dive Vinland Saga dub, and Ryo Ogino in Buddy Daddies. In Japanese, it's Hirohiko Kaka it's in Japanese it's Hirohiko Kakagawa, who was Lionet Ban in Saint Seiya, Detective Kono in Tokyo Babylon, Dilgear and Dilgear and Slayers, Zong Fei in Dynasty Warriors, Tom Wiles in Bebop, Prince Tricky in Star Fox Adventures, <laughs> Zao in Zao in Yakuza Four, Daichi Fujiwara in Kaguya-sama, and Kunikazu Okamura in Pons and Kunikazu Okamura in Persona Four. Fuck. Five in Kunikazu Okamura in Persona 5. God damn. <laughs> in the four kids dub, Hawkeye Mihawk was voiced by Andrew Paul with two L's. He also voiced Ben Beckman with two N's and Invincible Pearl, who we'll meet in the next batch. Additionally, in Yu-Gi-Oh, he was Johnson of the Big Five, Umbra, and Johnny Steps. Oh my god, fucking Johnny As Steps. As well as Stephen Stone in Pokemon, Duke in G.I. Joe Sigma 6, and several of the evil robots in Sonic Riders Zero Gravity. But more important than that, Rosen, it's time oh, no. for round three of what? Guess That Accent! Dracula. This one's for all the marbles. You have three chances. What accent did Andrew Paul give Dracul, Hawkeye, Mihawk in the four kids dub? No. <laughs> French? Yes! Oh shit, I got it! <laughs> yes! For some reason, they saw fit to give Mihawk a bad French accent. It's the goatee! It's the goatee. I'm, I was thinking it was because of his musketeer hat and the fact That's that he a... uses a sword. Oh, uh... his name is Dracul! He's a vampire man! You just know mm. that if this dub had been made a few years later, he'd have been doing a bad Antonio Banderas impression oh, God, because of Boris Lashkins and Boots. <laughs> I'm just distracted, big titty goth swordsman. The show is feeding you pretty well. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's not fair. I gotta wait a couple of years till mine show up. Same. <laughs> also, four kids compress the handle of Mihawk's black sword, Yoru, so it looks less like a cross. And they also removed the crossbars from his gold cross necklace, which is also the knife. Yeah. I don't think that Mihawk is supposed to be Christian. It's just that it's one of those things where the Japanese think that Christian symbolism for the sake of it looks cool. Still, it's fun to imagine that Mihawk's secretly a hardcore Christian. While you were busy being a pirate, I studied the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> what did Creek do to them? He's doing this to kill time? Yeah. For fun. <laughs> Motherfucker blocked, like, deflected the bullets with a sword. <laughs> and Zora's like, fuck it, I didn't expect to meet him so soon, but I'm taking him on right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mihawk's awesome. Oh, yeah. You want to kill a fly with a cannon, would you? So cool. Yeah. And he can back it up, too. He kicked Zoro's ass with that tiny knife. Yeah, my notes in rapid succession. The necklace is a knife? He's going to challenge Zoro with it? He blocked the fucking Onigiri with it! Yeah. No one's been able to stop that technique. No one can just deflect the Emerald Splash. Splash. <laughs> He's just like, holding it out. Like, we've seen how strong Zoro is so far, but this guy proves immediately that he's a big fish in a small pond, and the, rest of the and the rest of the ponds are full of sharks. And, like, Mihawk even says that East Blue is the weakest of the blues. Yeah. So our crew has been doing pretty well so far, but... But this is basically their way of saying... This is basically Oda's way of saying you ain't seen nothing uh -huh. yet. 
<sighs> you know, all of this makes me wonder. Could Kuina have defeated Mihawk if she were in Zoro's place? I'm gonna say no. I get that they were about on the same level, but Kuina was a few steps ahead of Zoro, even back then. Not that far ahead. Probably not, but it would have been fun. It probably would lead to the same result that is for King in this episode. Yeah. A wake-up call. Yep. Call it a wake-up call. <laughs> yeah. How the fuck is he doing this? Not now, Kuina's ghost! Yeah. To his credit, he won't. St Zoro won't stop fighting even when it's clear he lost, and Zoro just got stabbed in the fucking chest. So, obviously, four kids censored the injuries that Zoro got. You're showing a fight between two guys with swords. Why even bother at this point? I asked that question about four kids five times in, a five times in, in these recordings. <laughs> like Zoro! <laughs> uh, the dialogue between Zoro and Mihawk is great. Mihawk busts out the big boy since Zoro's in disrespect, and two of Zoro's fucking swords broke. Thankfully, not Kuina's. I do love the technique name of 3,000 worlds, but we don't get to see it in action here. Uh, Zoro opens himself up for death, and damns he gets sliced up, but Mihawk lets him live. Although, he still has the Wadoichi Manji with him, so that's something. Yep. He also... We can't talk about this fight without talking about Zoro turning around. Scars on the back are a swordsman shame. Fuck yeah. <laughs> even Sanji... And I love how... Even Sanji can't help but stay... Even Sanji can't help but uh, speak up as Zoro gets sent into the drink. Yeah. I love how Luffy didn't interfere with the fight and even stopped Yasaku and Johnny from interfering, but immediately after it looked like Zoro was going to die, he jumps in to hell. But don't worry, he's just her. Those salt water in those wounds can't feel good. Like, it probably just hit some... It probably just hit a bunch of capillaries, and that probably, probably that's the reason there's so much blood. In the manga, he states that he didn't hit any vital spots, so, yeah... Probably the same explanation for the four kids version, because I know he got slashed that time. J yeah, just no blood. <laughs> uh, it's it's still too early for him to die. Mihawk's so fucking cool. Yeah, and so is Zoro. He gives an amazing speech here about how he's down. never he's never going to lose again, and then he ends it with, "Is that all right, King, King of the, the Pirates?" Pirates? Begging Luffy for forgiveness, as he except he's not the best yet. He will never lose again. He's and declaring and, Luffy. and declaring that Luffy will be the king. Yeah, this I love this fucking show. Oh God, yes. Mihawk's like, "You ain't shit, Krieg." <laughs> Don Krieg, you fucking idiot! This man carved up your ship like a turkey, and now you're here trying to fight him? You're a lunatic! Bold strategy, Cotton! Let's see how it pays off for him! Although, apparently, Mihawk can teleport. <laughs> I didn't realize just how fucking humongous that warship was. Was, keyword. Yes. <laughs> and now it's gone. Yep. Usopp and Zoro are off to get Nami and the ship back, while Luffy stays behind to take care of the Krieg pirates and get Sanji to join. Fuck yeah. Yeah! So, uh, if I beat these guys, will you let me off the hook? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, why not? This episode was great. Like, it honestly feels like a sidetrack from the main fight, but it's so badass you don't even care. It also serves as a bit of a taste of the threats the Straw Hats will face in the Grand Lion. They've been doing pretty well so far, but 
like I said, they're big fish in a small pond. Yep. I fucking love Mihawk already. Yeah, I knew you would. Well, for now, like, good. Not just because he appeals to my taste, but also because I think he's serving so far as a great rival to Zoro. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. I'm fucking pumped. Let's move on to the Luffy moment of the week, then. I'll start. I think Luffy holding Yosaku and Johnny back when they tried to interfere. It's real good. We didn't even talk about that yet. Yeah. Luffy seeing Sanji feeding Gin and immediately going, Yep, I found my cook. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be mine as well. Oh, well, you can still have it too. It's fine. I'll, I have a few, so you can take one of mine. Uh, trying to haggle with Zeph, stuffing the limes uh, into Yosaku uh, and Yosaku, botching the slingshot, and you know what? I forgot to count. <laughs> I'll go with the limes. All right. Uh, and the coconut. <laughs> yep. Now we go to most valuable pirate. I want I, to say you first, Isaac. I'd say Zoro. Yeah. Is fine, and of course the big his resolve at the end. It tracks. It really reflects on a lot of stuff that happens later. Yeah, like. I actually kind of like the fact that we got this episode in the same batch that we got Zoro's past in the anime because it's a reaffirmation of Zoro's goals. And I want to say Kuina as for most valuable pirate, but it's similar for similar reasons. It's Zoro. I I want to pick Zoro, but I don't want to repeat myself, so I'm gonna go with Mihawk because because of how the because of the way he's fucking testing and pushing Zoro to improve himself. While, while still being badass as fuck. And since <laughs> I try to go with uh, unique ones, I'm going to go with Zeph. Hmm. Also awesome. a good pick. Yeah. Uh, let's go to best and worst moment. Best moment? I'm just going to say the entire Zoro versus Mihawk fight. Um, oh. My best moment for this Sanji feeding Gin. And his, like, his his speech to him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think best moment... Probably Sanji's establishing moment of of him beating the shit out of full body for being disrespectful and wasting food. Yeah. I'm gonna go with uh, Zoro's speech to Luffy. Hmm. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. All of those are great. Uh, It's very hard to pick. Yeah. Uh, Now we go to worst moment. Uh, I'll go first. Koshiro being a terrible parent. Mine is Kuina being killed by down these stairs. Same. <laughs> I'm assuming you agree, Becky? Yeah, I, I can't even argue. Yeah. <sighs> the most powerful pirate in the One Piece universe. <laughs> I do remember that one meme we showed where pirates in the One Piece universe that could kill Kaido stairs. <laughs> God. What's, what, what, what was Queen of fucking Dalek? <laughs> and with that in mind, uh, next episodes are going to be 25 through 30. And that's it for Tracing the Grand Land this week. We'll see you next time.